Hello, everybody, and welcome to Season 2 of the IFNZ Podcast. Shad and Justin here, and we're going to tell you a little bit about our new website, IFNZ.net. Yes, it has links to all of our social medias, Facebook, Twitter, the works, as well as all episode content, including specials like As for the Best of Us and IFNZ Plays. And while you're there, check out our new Mad Lib submission page, which helps us during our live tapings of our new game show, Survey Says. And as always, thank you for the support, and enjoy the show again. Whatever. Hey everybody and welcome to uh, this week's episode of Well Done. Well done. <laughs> Hey, hey, well did done. You, did you guys like the song? <laughs> I did. I, I love it. I, I love. Uh, I love. I, I love all of it. After uh, after the launch of Throat Culture, the, uh, the what I could a cultural phenom- phenomenon. Yeah, if you will, one might say. Uh, I really dig the songs. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm liking all of this like personal little catering yeah. to each. Little, every, little everything's to got each. a little touch. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Absolutely. So this one is us talking about things that we have consumed. Yeah, things our, we've been doing. our pieces of media, yeah. if you will. And uh, we're just gonna jibber jabber to you guys about some different categories, like we used to. We're kicking it old school for this sure. Time. Do you want to start with just like catching up? What you been up to? You just a uh, whole lot of nothing and something. Yeah, a lot of different things that been doing with uh, with Betty, yeah. different appointments and stuff like that. The too. Child. The child. Do you yes. ever call her the child? The child. <laughs> Show me the baby. <laughs> She's uh, a. After this comes out, uh, she'll be two. She turns after, two next week. Shortly after this comes out, yeah, the child season two will be a. Uh-huh. The season two of child. <laughs> uh, I don't know what to say after that. Yeah. The end. Anyway. Yeah, she's going to be two really soon. We've been doing a lot of fun things with her. We went to uh, Rindleman's Orchard, took some pictures, and actually like. Uh, I don't know how to say it. I guess picked our own pumpkins. I was going to say cropped, but we I don't cropped. know if that's it. We cropped our own yeah. pumpkins. We we went over there and twisted them off the vines. I didn't realize how prickly those vines uh, hurt your those hand. Those vines are, yeah. They give you gloves? No. Oh. No, no gloves. Dang. I did a raw dog. <laughs> <laughs> did you twist it until it broke, or did they have yeah. a knife? No, I twisted it. Dang. Yeah. That's why I was not prepared. That's the only time I've ever actually picked pumpkins ever, too. Yeah. Typically, if I go to like a pumpkin patch, they're there, which they were there as well. But I think that was just kind of like the appeal. You want the real deal. Yeah. We went there and took the, uh, took the stereotypical fall kid pictures that we like to do as well. Plus, you know, our kids uh, got reds and oranges. Spooky spooky child. So we like to take spooky uh, pictures. Got a spooky child. Uh, She's haunted. And uh, yeah, it was a good time. I really, I, I, I recommend Realm and his Orchard. They've got a lot of different things going on there too. I mean, uh, I think it's actually down right now. They, they, obviously, animals are there. They have like a little miniature petting zoo type oh, thing because right they got on. like chickens that are running around the chicken pet and hang out with. Um, smoke a jay with some goats. Yeah, well, I like that. Goats uh, seem like they would be high. Yeah, all the time. Yeah, they got the the they weird the sideways eyes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they always have constantly the in the munchies. <laughs> Just like, let me get on that shirt, man. <laughs> that looks good. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's uh, it, it was a good time. They have a lot of different things there that we didn't get to try. Yeah. They have like different, because uh, they have like, the apple orchards and stuff there yeah, too. absolutely. So uh, they have like apple cider 
infused pump or uh, apple cider infused, almost said pumpkins, uh, donuts yes. that they have there, but I didn't get to try any of them. They were completely gone. And then we wanted to get like a half gallon of apple cider. The only apple ciders they had looked like they were in like these little bell peppers. Like, like not actual bell peppers, like the shape of the plastic container will look like a bell pepper, like a oh. little red bell pepper. Okay. And it just was full of apple juice, uh-huh. which was delicious. But at the same time, it was just like they were completely out of fucking everything. Wow. They're like popular. We went, yeah, very popular. They are the, the place. But it was a good time. Cool. Really enjoyed it. Um, but like I said, apart from just kind of doing that and just exploring around, walking around the yard with Betty, I just told you we got that. I have that new app, Seek. Yeah, you're uh, a, you're by, a herbologist by these days. Natural naturalist or naturalist or whatever you want to call you're it. You're a the botanist. Company. I'm a botanist. Um, it's basically like Pokemon, but with real life plants and animals. <laughs> And uh, insects and stuff. So yeah. you just take it and uh, kind of wait for it to. It tells you the the genus. Is it genus? I'll species and genus, something like that. However you say it. Yes, uh, genius. Yeah, genus. I think genus and species and stuff like that, specifically of different plants, which I didn't know. Um, a lot of our different things that we have out here, like what they were naturally. And mm-hmm. there's one that's actually by our gro- a garage that's uh, pretty poisonous, like as much, if not more so, than poison ivy. Should we go eat it? I don't think that's wise, but I did find some uh, some sweet button mushrooms that you could eat. Oh, that, uh, I, I picked a couple of them. They're up on the front porch. Are you going to eat them? I'm not. I don't like mushrooms. Do you trust the app enough to feed your loved one one of these unidentified things button that have grown out of the ground? Yeah. Well, I for one, I don't think that these are poisonous. I'm pretty sure they are button mushrooms because I've seen a button mushroom but before. That pretty sure that you said that's scary. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> the other thing is, is that like they could just trip balls and feel real good. So, I mean, that's fine too. But there's, aren't there deadly ones? Deadly mushrooms? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like deathly poisonous. I, I don't, don't think we have them. a lot of those around here. Okay. I think most of the poisonous quote unquote mushrooms that you would have in like Southern Illinois, if I'm not mistaken, I think they would just make you like sick, like not like dysentery sick, but I mean like you would have diarrhea and maybe throw up. Okay. But these, the, that one's not. I mean, it literally is a button mushroom. You, gotcha. It's ones that you've seen before, Straight like up. restaurants and shit that they've chopped up and stuff. I like mushrooms. I'm, I I'm won't. If you want to eat it, you can I, have I it. I won't do it. I'll wash it up for you. I'm scared. I, I can saute it, too. I've got garlic. I've got all kinds of cool I stuff. Don't, I I'll don't. I'll go way overboard with this one mushroom for I you. don't trust your app just yet. <laughs> Let's give it more than a day. Okay. Well, <laughs> maybe I'll report back in a month, and I'll tell you we'll how many how more things I've found. Nice. I like it. <laughs> what about you? What I like have you been it. up to? Uh, I've been uh, working on a little music venture that uh, I can't reveal quite yet. Uh, but trying to build secret a, music. Yeah, build Do another website. It? Uh, trying to build another website at the moment, and uh, and trying to figure out what exactly that all is going to be. So that's been taking up some time. Uh, keeping the can't get rights going. Uh, we're not playing a lot of shows right now, hobby. Um, but <laughs> but we are. Uh, we're working towards trying to get a date for a live stream. Uh, put together by Top Talent, who does our booking. Yeah. Uh, they've got a pretty cool uh, studio set up in down in Cape Girardeau. And so we're trying to get some dates together to go up there and do or down there, I guess, and do a uh, do a live stream show. Uh, so we'll we'll uh, pump that out, pimp Ooh. it out, if you will, uh, when when we get to that point uh, so we can you know do something, do something cool there, because uh, that looks like m- that might be our general realm of uh, of shows at the moment. 
Yeah, uh, most can, of it. Considering we've got some. The good thing about live stream, though, too, is that they have different applications that are not apps, but you know, I mean, like different things set that ups, people yeah. set up for uh, specific live stream things where you can like maybe even put like a small nominal fee down there too for yeah. people if you want to get something or they can, you can do it for do free and then do tip and jar stuff like yeah. that too. I know like, I think Facebook live has some stuff on they there too that you can do for available. it. But, I haven't then, tried uh, it yet, but I know we've watched several artists play on stage it. And yeah. I know you can actually add as an, your, yourself as an artist on stage it and you can do like the free shows with tip jar and yeah. stuff like that as well too. And they do, when you do them through top talent, they set up the tip jar for you too. So you cool. can kind of, do that process. So I'm hoping that that is something we end up liking yeah, um, and can roll through. I like the idea of doing from home, but being able to show up somewhere and getting a little bit more professional sound and video. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and they charge a really small fee. It's like 35 bucks for an hour uh, to do it. So if we get tips that are more than that, then it's kind of paid for itself. Yeah. And we still keep everything advertised for uh, the can't get right stuff. We got a, if you want, I could give you my tip. Ooh, thanks. <laughs> Uh, other than that, you know, I'm I'm in and out of a health kick generally, um, and uh, I told you like you're okay. No, like uh, like I want to make sure. Oh, I'm okay. healthy, 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 healthy healthier kick. kick. Okay, yeah. I thought uh, you meant like a health kick, like like you were like sick bad, and no. you didn't tell me. I was just like, what happened? Hey, <laughs> we're gonna do it right on mic. I'm just gonna be like, ah, uh, bad things. Just to let you know. Uh, no, I so. I've been looking at the smartwatches more for the health side of things. So I got my Garmin coming you got a in. Garmin. My Garmin's coming in uh, mm. actually when I get home tonight. And uh, so I'm going to try that out. Uh, it's supposed to measure. Uh, Which Garmin kinds. is it? I'm looking it up right it's now. It's the, the uh, Vivio Active 4. Vivio Active 4? They only have a three listed here, Shad. <laughs> what you? Who are you talking to at Garmin? <laughs> the, the Garmin uh, 4. You can't get it anywhere. Uh, I had Except to order Garvin's website. I had to order on Amazon. Oh, on uh, Amazon. I will tell you uh, if you are in the market for a healthy type watch, and it's uh-huh. not like just for like phone. Like obviously, if you've got an Apple and you want a smart watch, you need to get the Apple Watch. It's probably your best bet. Same with the Samsung. Get your Samsung watch. But if you want one for uh, any kind of activity, health wise, and and uh, exercising, Garmin Fartbit, ha- Fitbit, Fartbit. <laughs> uh, well, Garmin has like this giant questionnaire, and I don't know, maybe Fitbit does too. Uh, they but, do, but it was maybe like, actually has a Fitbit. There's a really cool like, question thing stuff, about yeah. what you're wanting to achieve out of it. Uh, but like, does things like your oxygen level and your stress levels and stuff like that, and uh, so that's exciting <laughs> for me. It beeps out. at you, and it's just like you're hella stressed right now, bro. <laughs> maybe you should go. I know. <laughs> Um, throw your watch on the ground. This will be uh, <laughs> totally new for me because I have never worn a watch ever, and you are a watch wearer. Not, not as much. You've anymore. got watches. Well, you I do. Yes, I, I have a couple watches. Your watch owner. At least. I, am, I am definitely a watch owner. <laughs> uh, I try to wear it on my day off. I'm not been wearing it the past couple of days. I don't really know why, but at work they because of like oh pinch kettle, points and stuff, stuff like that. Yeah, yeah you're not sure. you're not supposed to wear jewelry or anything like that. So I actually haven't worn my ring in months and months. I still have it He's over single. there. Like, uh, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> but uh yeah, that's that's really the only reason why because I would wear it constantly. We talked about that. We, we, we talked about trying to figure out like what kind of tattoo we want to get as like a couple's tattoo yeah. type thing. I want to get a ring tattoo also, but like the ring. Like, like the movie. Like the little little girl like crawling out. Crawling of it, out. Kind of like, well, that's what cool. it is. And I don't really like the ring that much, so I think that'd be a little overkill. Seven days. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, but yeah. Oh, this will come out and it's a spooky time. 
This is this is our Halloween well done episode. <laughs> that was the that's the only Halloween bit of it. Whenever I whispered seven days, <laughs> it's scary. It's so spooky when wanna, we're about to talk about things. You want to jump into some video games? You know, I'm always wanting to talk about Let's video games. Talk about some video games. So, I know you've been playing quite a bit. I have been playing a lot. I'm excited to hear about your ventures. I beat two games. You beat games? I beat two games since the last time <laughs> wow. we talked about video games. Was it Kingdom Hearts three again? No, it wasn't. <laughs> I did play it again for a second, and I was just like, "This doesn't have uh, doesn't excite me anymore." Yeah, I'm ready for a new storyline. That one kind of, I guess, it kind of fell flat. Though I have been playing Kingdom Hearts Union Cross and yeah. Dark Road. Did you beat those? Um, I'm caught up on Dark Road. Really? Yeah. It's it, that's the thing I was I was going to talk about a little bit. It's like so Dark Road we've talked about yeah. is the story of like young Zaynor, young Ericus, kind of as they're in training uh-huh. and whatnot. And uh, the young Ericus is a hottie. And the the card things. <laughs> all right, it's not too bad. Yeah. Um, you can set it on auto, so it does the card shit for you, which I like. I do that sometimes. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie. Um, but I. The story is real slow. Okay. The story is like I'm on episode 40 or whatever of it. And uh, we have really just gone through. We found some people that were lost. And then. Thank God. And then uh, then Xehanort got in trouble from the Queen of Hearts in Wonderland. Whoa. And he's on trial. And now Xehanort's on trial? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, with the Queen of Hearts? Yeah. Queen of Hearts is pissed at him. Where's she's mom got, at? She's got some darkness in him. In, in her. Where's mom at? Uh, there's no mom so far. Yeah. No mom. When does that game come out? Uh, the, the Melody, Melody. Yeah. Um, I know the demo is supposed to come out sometime in the middle of this month. Yeah. Uh, November, not 12th, because that's the PlayStation. So it actually has a launch date this yes, year. Yes, it does. It's November. Yeah. Um, and there's even a countdown because I pre-ordered I meant to it. Actually, I was going to say, I meant to go get pre-order on Switch. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I haven't done it yet. I got mine on the PS4 just because everything else is on yeah, there so that makes sense um but yeah so i kind of want it to be like the only kind of venture of that that you got on a nintendo console yeah. that's not a game boy or a ds or exactly. something to that effect so part of me was just kind of wanting to try it out on there to yeah. see how it goes i wonder what they'll if there's i'm sure they're waiting to see what kind of reaction they get but what is the potential for a back catalog if not ports of just the game boy games or uh ds games or whatever like because they've already done them remastered and put them out, but they also didn't put out games for like Recoded didn't get a remaster. It just got a movie. No, but I mean, it's feasible, especially even if it's a DS title or something yeah. like that. Because I mean, you look at things like uh, Ace Attorney and stuff like, mm-hmm. like Phoenix Wright games and shit like that, where those have all been ported before and whatnot. And, and they play yeah. well on any console. I mean, I've got the Ace Attorney trilogy on mm-hmm. Xbox and it plays great on, you know, that, and you don't have to worry about dual screen stuff. So, gotcha. I mean, it, it would make sense for them to do something like that. And they so could maybe, even, they wouldn't have to like crazy pretty it much, up or anything yeah. like that. Just port it. I yeah. mean, people will buy it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so that was, that was uh one that's just been kind of catching my fancy last couple of weeks. I've been cool. keeping busy with it. Um, Tony Hawk Pro Skater one plus two came out. Yeah, bro. Equals three. Um, it looks good. <laughs> Love playing it. Um, that's kind good? of. Are you good at it? As uh, good as you I'm used to be. So good at it. Um, no, I'm not, I'm. Not, I've never been super great at it. Who's your Who's your go to skater? I just kind of go for the default Tony Hawk right now. Yeah. Um, I didn't know if you had anybody that you were no, really trying to pick. Or I was. I was always because I didn't really catch on to it until three. Um and Bam was on there by three, so I always yeah. played. I always played Bam. 
Um, so he's not on there. So I'm like, I don't know who to Get play. Sweet, so I guess I'll play Tony. Sweet Hardogram deck. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but no, it, it looks really good. I don't. Yeah. I'm sure you've seen. I haven't played it, but I, I have yeah. seen. Uh, it's it a gameplay and stuff. Yeah. And uh, I think they have most of the classics on there too. Like you can play as Rodney Mullen and Bob Burnquist yeah, and all those guys again as well. Can. Yeah, I think all of the players are there. Plus, like Tony Hawk's son. I think and Bob like Burnquist. Bur- Bur- Bob Burnquist was like always my go-to. I don't know why. I've always enjoyed like watching Bob Burnquist skate in real life. Gotcha. And I, I like uh, the way that they've created like the missions and stuff like that. It's a lot more in depth than it was before in like the older games. Yeah. There's missions where you can get like extra ex- uh, like XP points or whatever yeah. they call them on that game. Um, and it was a little tidbit of news that I had heard that since this one actually sold pretty well mm-hmm. thus far, that they had been talking about doing Underground One and Two remaster oh, as a, as a new like a next collection. Yeah, something that's a little bit more story driven, like those were. Yeah. I think that would be really smart because I really enjoyed Underground a lot. Yeah, I played a little bit of Underground and I never beat it or anything. Yeah. but and like this game, I probably will never beat it because there's like there's so much to beating it. Yeah, but it's super fun. And no, that's I mean, all that, I want. that's I think just for like it was fun to play for completionist sake whenever I had it on Dreamcast, yeah. you know, and whatnot back in the day. But at the same time, it was just fun and just to pick it up and play for like yeah. ten minutes, even just exactly. to do all the shit. I was know, like the only my only complaint is I wish the load time was a little bit smaller yeah. because I do want to I want to drop in for 10, 15 minutes, play a couple rounds, and but be done. Good thing about the next gen because yeah. they said that it's going to have that load like time next will gen be... port, and that'll help with the reduction of the load time because yeah. it'll be on SSD. Absolutely, yeah. But I I dig that. Um, and then for the games I beat, yes, Hugh. What? Hugh. Oh, the game Hugh? Yeah, 2016. Hugh? Fiddlesticks games. Uh, Hugh. <laughs> this, is, this is the note section. <laughs> <laughs> this is me not going, this is good. I, this, we're getting, with season two, you're getting an improved shad when it comes to well done. Hugh. Game? Uh, Hugh game. <laughs> uh, this is the black and, you start out in, in black and white. It's a, it's Yeah, it's a, it's okay. a. Uh, I've seen it, but like I've never side, played it. Yeah, it's a side scroll puzzle game, essentially. Yeah, yeah. This kid's looking for his mom. Uh, Do not play volume, please. And as okay. you go through, uh, you learn a different color. And so that color, when you switch over. Ooh, uh, little six games. Curve digital. <laughs> it lets you go through and. Uh, and be able to go through certain things. So if you can, if you gain the power of purple, once you turn something purple, you can move past it. Yeah, uh, it's very. That's similar to. Uh, I forget what the name of the game is. Badlands, I think is what it's called. I don't know. I've never heard this. Uh, maybe Outlands. I'll have to try and look it up. Real Some quick. sort of land. Uh, but this Outland. That's it. So your character is like a like a, a warrior. Like from the like Aztecian times, mm-hmm. and you have these two different magical abilities. Like one is kind of like a blue hueish ability, the other one's red, and only those colors can beat the other colors. Oh, so, like okay. if you're red, you can defeat blue enemies. If you're blue, you can defeat red enemies. Mm-hmm. But the only way you can bypass specific obstacles is if you're that kind of color. So, there's a lot of different things that'll be puzzle solving that involves you being like flipping back and forth between red and blue to traverse yeah. certain areas and yeah. stuff. So that, it so sounds like it kind of reminds me of that. So, you're dealing with a whole color wheel, which I thought yes. was going to be really complicated, but I was able to handle it, and I don't do well with complicated. <laughs> Uh, uh, but I, I, it was it was just uh, super sweet, and I, I got uh, I got really involved in it, and was like, I'm gonna beat this game because it's awesome, and I don't take a lot of time to beat games. It looks really cool, uh, and this then is, this is definitely up my alley as far as that goes. Yeah, it's just like those little indie puzzle yeah. games are just like it's hard to get away from them. They're just so fun. 
And speaking of indie puzzle games, I also played... Uh, <laughs> You're just an indie darling right now, aren't you? <laughs> well, I was going to get rid of uh, uh, PS Plus. Yeah. And so I was going through and I was playing all the titles that were in my library from, from there. And then uh, I did. And I spent a lot of time on it, just kind of getting to know a bunch of games. And there were a bunch of games that I played for about 15 minutes. and was like, nope, not my kind of game. Um, but then there were some that I really latched on to. And there's some more I'll talk about later as I as I beat them. Um, but then the PlayStation five announcement came out and they yeah. were like, here's the PS five or the, the PlayStation plus collection that's going to yeah. come out. And I was like, well, fuck, I guess I'll get it again. And I made it like two weeks without a PlayStation plus account. And then I, I added it back to it because you can get one on eBay for like 30 bucks real cheap. Yeah. Like for a whole year. Yeah. And, uh, so that's what I ended up doing again. And the only like, thing about the PlayStation collection that doesn't appeal to me is because a lot of those games I've already played already and own. beat. Oh, are, you know yeah, what I mean? Them, like yeah. God of Wars in there, the uncharted stuff's in there. I yeah. mean, stuff I've already played through and gone through. Yeah. So, I mean, it's nice and it's really good for, especially for somebody that's just either picking up a PlayStation Absolutely. or doesn't play a ton of stuff. Yeah. It's a definitely like a hell of a value, but for me, you know, I'm pretty avid with sense. it. I've kind of already played through most of it. So yeah. I don't necessarily I'm have curious to have what it. they're going to do with it. Like as that builds on, like what is that going to end probably up be being more similar to like that of game pass? I yeah. would assume they'll probably get more, Indies, more third-party game yeah. titles that they'll start adding to it, and just kind of this will be their version of. And that, eventually, maybe. will they just go? It doesn't really make us sense for us to have a PlayStation Now and a PlayStation Plus. I would assume they'll just and cancel. One they'll of the just two. kind of merge the two together. Yeah. Um, I like the idea of it being kind of a home for greatest hits, like yeah. right away. Like that's kind of a good a good thought. And like like you said, Game Pass has been doing it for a long time now. They've got that shit figured out. Yeah, and PlayStation just needs to take some notes a little yeah. bit on that. Um, the other game I played was What Remains of Edith Finch. Great game. Uh, that's awesome. 2017, so I'm a little behind is when this game came out from Giant Sparrow. I mean, I played it last year and talked about it at length on uh, on the show last year. Is that so. what we were talking about? Yeah, we talked about it last year. Okay, so we were talking about that yeah, one. because I was telling you at one point in time about the, the uh, guy with the, the fish. fish cannery. Yeah, okay. Because yeah. yeah. I, in my head, I was thinking that you were playing a different game that was kind of similar but wasn't that one. No, that was it. That was that. Yep. Yes, you were completely right. That game is amazing. Yeah, it's yeah. just a weird way to do storytelling. Like yes. the baby in the bathtub thing is mm-hmm. weird and fucked up, but it's cool yes. at the same time. Just really twisted because yeah. you're basically playing a kid that's got to die, uh-huh. and you're 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 partaking you're... in drowning a child basically at <laughs> yes. that point. And it's really weird and twisted saying that, but I mean, you know, story wise, it makes sense whenever you play through yeah. the game. But yeah, I think like my favorite segment of it was how weird that fish cannery part Where'd was. Where just start like because everything over just fades everything. over, yeah. and if you're keeping the rhythm and stuff, it's great. Because I like I like the whole like the, the storytelling whenever the, you go up and you're being crowned or something, and then you have to put your head down yes. to do it, and then that's like the person that's getting it, yep. killed because <laughs> they just are lack of sleep and just kind of losing it. Yes, yeah, it's yeah. a really really well done. It story. was the story was so cool and yeah. very cinematic, like. It was, you just felt like you were kind of moving through a movie a yes. little bit in that. And uh, I dug the way it ended and all of that. Yeah. It was just awesome. Yeah, it was a very um, good time. Those were my games. What were your games? Uh, a rapid fire couple real quick. Obviously, Destiny 2. Yeah. Uh, still playing. It's now at the Festival of the Lost uh, times right now for like Halloween-centric stuff that's going on. But we're now less than a month away at this point from the new expansion happening. So Destiny I'm not really going to talk too much. Uh no uh, uh whatever I, I forget what it's called it's uh, it's the next expansion though uh, so we're gonna hit that hard 
what? We're going to hit the, that expansion hard? Yeah, I'm not going to talk any more about Destiny month? probably until that point. But once it gets to that point, we'll we'll be talking about it for sure because we'll have new story content, all kinds of new stuff. Nice. This is basically going to, the new story will be going to Europa, the new whole new planet. Um, there are uh, four major planets that are going to get phased out because the darkness has basically eradicated them completely. Oh, okay. That's the story content that's coming. But technically, there's another thing that's coming out on November 10th uh, that is like a collection of Destiny 2. It's a whole separate game that you can get and play that has all of the classic content in one location. Oh, And nice. then Destiny 2 will have all the current content as it goes forward. You can time travel. But their, sto- their storyline thing for it is that like we're like Mars is gone now. Like the oh, darkness shit. has destroyed That's Mars. That's my favorite planet. Uh, I love Mars. Trying to think of the other ones. Titan uh, is gone. I think Io and I can't. I don't remember. Those the other planets ones are not in our solar system. Mercury. Mercury is gone as well. Damn. Uh, those are moons in our solar system, though. Everything takes place in Sol in, in our solar system. Oh. Oh, Titan is a moon. That's right. Titan is a moon. Yeah. Who's moon Saturn, is that? Saturn. Okay. I believe. Yeah, Saturn. I think so. Um, Titan. But, yeah, that was a that that was, was a around around that movie or was around that moon. Was it really? Yeah. No shit. Yep. I should have paid attention more. <laughs> I mean, we were kids when it came out. <laughs> That's so true. Good why boy. would we want to pay attention to yeah, that? We're just like, like this looks cool. The moon of Jupiter. That looks real cool, guys. <laughs> uh, uh, some of the games that I've been playing through, and one that I have beat here was Paper Mario: The Origami King. You beat it. I beat it. You it was a, that king. a great time. I you really enjoyed it. Uh, I cannot get over how good the story writing and everything is for a Paper Mario game. Nice. I love Paper Mario games writing. So it's always been the biggest charm to me about it. Visually, it's it's always been really cool and quirky and beautiful yeah, in a weird way and stuff like that. Pulled that off, is, yeah. is and then do it in such a good way, like story wide, story writing wise, and like gameplay wise, how that kind of meshes together with like the paper mechanics mm-hmm. in it. Um, even in, like the older games and stuff, there's certain abilities that you'll get uh, that'll allow you to like. You know, we're kind of breaking the fourth wall here in a certain sense, but I mean, you're made of paper, so you can flip sideways and be really thin and skinny, or you're paper, so you can roll up into a ball and roll under Mm -hmm. shit, you know, stuff like that. This one is more all origami centric, so like a lot of your abilities would be like the thousand fold arms where your guys, uh, yeah, Mario's arms like get giant and long and huge, but just like big, long origami paper mache arm type things that you can smack things with. Um, your partner that's in it, she's able to, uh, kind of help you out she gets these different spirits uh abilities to transform into uh she folds herself and she is the origami king's sister and she's like your companion i see um she's able to fold herself into the same like spirit form that you kind of have helped like so i think they're called volumentals so you get like the earth volumental is just this giant turtle and it's able to like it's weird how it happens because she doesn't know how to do the powers. So the turtle is like slamming on the ground and stuff, but she doesn't really want to slam on the ground or doesn't really know what she's supposed to do with it. Uh-huh. So she ends up getting up and does this like cheerleader dance. And she actually has pom poms on as this giant <laughs> weird turtle. And that makes like the earth rise and like, like the crust forms and just slams down. Yeah. Um, and then there's like uh the ice volumental is like a big polar bear. And swipes around, turns shit to ice. Uh, water Valumental is a dragon, I believe, and it blasts out water out of its mouth. And then the fire one's like a big phoenix. Oh, um, but yeah, it's a great game. Amazing writing. I love it a lot. I don't want to say too much about you know plot wise and stuff like that because I really do want to encourage people to to buy this game and play this game because I feel like 
Paper Mario's not, they don't get a bad rap, but they have always had a tendency with this one being the exception of being an end of life cycle game, which I know we've talked about before, I think maybe Mm -hmm. like, the first one that came out on 64 came out at the tail end of 2000. And then mm-hmm. like literally four or six months later, we got the Cubes GameCube. Yeah. Same thing with the GameCube. At the very tail end of it, we got a uh, thousand year door. Mm-hmm. And then the Wii at the very end of like the Wii's life cycle and the Wii U's about to come out. That was whenever we got uh, Super Paper Mario. And it just kind of seemed like unless you're playing on a 3DS or something of that effect, whenever that stuff's just kind of coming out, whenever you always get something that's the end of life cycle. It seems like we're right, right in the middle of the yeah, Switch shit right no, we're not yeah. like really doing anything else on the Switch, but it just came out as a total surprise. They announced it like a month and a half before the game even launching, mm-hmm. and this came out right like I think a week after our 100th episode aired. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's right. Didn't really get a chance to talk about it or anything like that since the break and whatnot. And I beat this a little bit earlier on. It took me. I probably like a good month because I would only get a chance to sit down and play for like 45 minutes, maybe an hour at most. And it was a good, you know, 20 to 40 hour game, depending on what you want to do and where you want to explore. And I didn't 100% absolutely everything because there's a lot of collectibles and different things that you can go get. And there's not, as far as I know, any big reward for that. But uh, it it is really fun and it ropes you in. If you have that kind of collector's mentality, this is definitely a game that will get you rubbed in with it because you want to find all of these toads. You'll want to, yeah. uh, you want to collect all these different pieces of things, you know, get all the little statuettes that you can get in the game. And it's just a really, really good, solid title. Cool. Um, can't recommend it enough. Definitely one of my favorite paper Mario's still not my favorite. I think thousand year door is definitely my favorite, but this could easily be my second favorite. Uh, a lot of people shit on the combat system, and it does get a little, uh, a little wear on you, like wears on you just a little bit after. The circle the, shit's kind of weird. Like it's it, just kind of it's puzzle centric though, is because puzzle, it is absolutely. it is fun, but it gets on my nerves a little bit after you play for an extended period of time, which is probably a good reason, another reason why I would only play for a, a segment time, at yeah. times because it's good, and I I don't get frustrated with anything absolutely. like that and yeah. whatnot, but. Uh, but it is a really solid system. It's fun. They kind of incorporated your battle system almost being like traditional Mario where you actually do have to mash on the A button at a specific time thing to do those yeah. timed hits and stuff like normal, but also mixing it with a puzzle system kind mm-hmm. of the entire time. So there's never not something that's very puzzle centric or something like that that's going on. It keeps Absolutely. you keeps you thinking the whole time. Uh, another title that I picked up was on Game Pass. It's called Carry On, uh, C-A-R-R-I-O-N. And this is a reverse horror game where you actually play as the monster. Um, nice. So you start off and are it's you a kinda, misunderstood monster or are you just no, a straight this, up monster? You're a straight up monster. This okay. is like monster in the sense of like uh like classics like alien or aliens or or, or the thing. Mm-hmm. You're like a weird, grotesque little ball at first and you are able to kind of like suction cup on different things you're crawling through vents crawling through sewer pipes in this like giant space station uh-huh. and uh you're consuming different things like it starts off with small like rats or bats or something that's just kind of crawling around a little mm-hmm. sewer system that's up there and then it gradually gets to the point where you're big enough to like start consuming humans and as you get bigger you get more abilities more unique abilities like eventually you'll be like i can shoot web out and the web will wrap around the person and it also like in a, like they can't not, they can't get out and then it also them paralyzes them. them and they just fall over and it makes it easier for you to just like, and then huh. like suck them up and stuff but the monster itself is really fucking gross like it looks like a weird pink amorphous blob that's just made of like muscle and gross skin like it and it just like 
like suction cups around whenever you're just kind of rolling around and stuff. But it's really <laughs> kind of cool because like there's not really a ton of games that I can think of that gives you that kind of reverse yeah. horror tile you know, type thing. Like you're the one that's hunting the humans. Friday the 13th. Uh, no, because in the Friday the 13th game, are you talking about the new one? Yeah. Okay, I thought you were talking about like the one on NES. No, no, no. Like the old one, I was like, I think you actually play as the camp counselors fighting Jason you can in that switch one. Switch back and forth. You can yeah, be... on Friday, you, you know, that's that's like uh, that Dead by Daylight Dead by game. Which are both horrible games, by the way. I played both of them. <laughs> I don't like to talk shit about games, but oh my gosh, it's not okay. my style. I mean, some stuff. I'm a thing. It's some tough. It's it's okay to talk shit on. <laughs> um, I cool, I played I, like I played a little bit of Dead by Daylight. It's okay. I think it would be better if. If you were in a group with people that you wanted to play. Absolutely. That makes like sense. Like if you were like in an open discord with like seven people mm-hmm. and all eight of you were just playing and then randomly somebody's Jason or whatever yeah. and you're talking to other people, maybe you mute the other person so that way they can't hear what you're saying. Yeah. And then you're just kind of talking amongst that yourself to cool. kind of strategize maybe and help each other. That might be kind of a cool way to play it, but I've never played it that way. No, I don't have any and, gaming friends like to where like we all yeah. sit and go like, let's get together. I've got that, you know, like three or four different people, but at the same time, it's not, we don't ever play stuff like that. Really. Yeah. But I mean, I, I think that would be where it'd be a little bit more sense. fun, but it's, it's okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I can see that, though, where like that's kind of like that reverse horror where you're actually playing. Is a little that. bit more where the, you're not relying on other people. Yeah. It's not and the same thing. Your, of your danger is, like, the humans, you know, they'll be able to get, like, flamethrowers and shit. So as as time goes on and it gets, like, a little bit bigger, a little bit more advanced, different things Somebody going on. Somebody know about them. They're yeah. Like, so you, like, you'll, you they'll, like, walk through a room where somebody's, like, actually, like, patrolling with, like, guns and shit. Yeah. And the guns will hurt you and they'll kill you. You'll have to, like, warp back to a checkpoint yeah. and start over again on a specific segment. But... As it kind of goes along, it's it's really neat, you know. Like I said, that's that was just one of the abilities. There's a whole host of abilities that you get. Um, I didn't beat this game yet. I'm a few hours in, but okay. it's an enjoyable experience. If you have Game Pass, pick it up free right now for you. Obviously, yeah. I want a game where you can be a Mogwai. Yeah, and you have to watch out for people who accidentally fuck up and make you a gremlin. Yeah, like and then you are the bad guy. It's like it's point. like the floor is lava, but the floor and everything else is water. Don't touch it. Yeah, it's like you just gotta watch out because they don't know the rules yet, and they they think they can't touch cute, the water. And please and don't like, feed me after midnight. Yeah, and like they're just like <laughs> offering you food, and it's after midnight and shit, and you just gonna be like, oh, run away from the person with a chicken leg. Yeah, <laughs> and then like you see like a waterfall, and you're like, no. Because then uh, you might be the bad guy. Yeah. That'd be weird. I don't know. There's not... That would be weird to bring up a Gremlin game wherever there's not been any Gremlin content to kind of... You know what I mean? No, there's nothing to just, base it on. just like, hey, it's a new Gremlin game coming out. And they're like, well, what? They, they've got a, a cartoon coming out. <laughs> oh, do they? Yeah, they've got a cartoon of like uh, of the guy who sold the Mogwai. Oh, yeah. Remember? I remember that they're doing that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it's something of oh, the it's about the old Chinese man that, yeah. that has like the curiosity shop that has yep. that has. It's him. like when he's young and and that's everything. cool. So I forgot that they were. That's doing how that. you would tie that in. It's like, oh, of course, we why would that? we not? Then make get... a goofy little indie game. Absolutely. Yeah, there's indie games for everything though. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it should be easy to. That's a no brainer. We can do this. Uh, briefly touched on uh, Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles remastered. You played? Yep. You like good stuff. I've I've always enjoyed uh, the Crystal Chronicles. I've got it for for GameCube. I've loved playing it. Same exact content. Uh, I've not gone online yet, but I want to. I'm hoping that I can either find people that end up getting the game, or uh, I think you can actually match make on it as well too. But I've not tried any of that yeah. yet. I just was doing solo stuff. Solo stuff's uh, it, it's good, and the, the way that it's kind of well rounded in. Uh, Whenever you're traversing through levels, uh, there's a specific like carrying 
vessel. I don't know if you did you play it ever? No, not at all. You're trying to find these what they call like crystal tears, and there's like a little specific vessel that the that that's supposed to go in, and it has to uh, be carried. So typically, whenever you're playing multiplayer, somebody will be carrying that, and you'll kind of trade it off whenever you're like needing somebody else's. Like maybe this guy's got a good magic attack, so oh, I see. do yeah. that kind of a thing. This guy needs to be chopped with an axe or something, so you'll toss it to another guy to carry a while, and then chop that guy that with an axe, axe kind of up, a thing. Yeah. And if you're playing single player wise, they give you an actual uh, mogul to uh, was it what they're called the Moogle, Moogle. Yeah, yeah. Moogle, yeah. Uh, they'll give you a Moogle that's got like the bat wings, and he will like if you hit like a certain button, he'll pick it up and carry it nice. for you while you do the combat and stuff okay. like that. So it helps it out, you know, single player wise. That way you can kind of you know flat out do that. Not knowing much about the storyline, how much would it change it if it was called the Crystal Meth Chronicles? Uh, probably quite a bit. <laughs> no, uh, I don't. I don't really know. That sounds like that seems like they could probably easily do something like that. Like yeah. instead of having like, uh, like the elfish kind of race, maybe the elfish race is like really skinny and it just it just a lot. They're just like we got we got to get the crystal tears, man. <laughs> it's like, do you remember when? Uh, and it, I, it couldn't have been a formal release, but when we were really big into playing emulators and stuff. There was River City Ransom. Yeah. And there was Pussy City Pimps. Yeah. Was Pussy City Pimps an actual game or was that just no, like that completely was just a made completely for emulation? Made, yeah, made for emulation. That was awesome. Just a rip off of uh, yeah. River City Ransom. Yeah. So so yeah. Crystal Crystal Meth Chronicles yeah. could be the next Pussy City Pimps. It could be. Uh I, I I like this game a lot. Like I said, I've always liked it. Uh I think it would be better multiplayer wise to kind of go through that. I don't really know. Like I said, how the Switch's online systems go as far as that you know works for a multiplayer yeah. that's like this. I, I, I've played multiplayer games before. I, uh, the uh, Smash Brothers experience is pretty good, um, and so was Splatoon too. Um, that was very well done as far as like matchmaking goes. It didn't take forever to do, and it was uh, it was fairly well rounded as well. Um, so it, it, it could be really good, but like I said, I've never had an experience that was like specifically like a four player type of a thing. I see. Um, but I'm interested in trying it out. Uh, I've of course picked up super Mario 3d all-stars wired me too. Yeah. I did not play any of galaxy at all yet because I didn't realize that you would have to use you have to detach. And you have to detach and use those joy cons yeah. versus using pro controller. So I just kind of nixed that cause I didn't want to detach and do that. I was hoping that they would add in like some pro controller support, but yeah, a little disappointed with that. But other than that, obviously Mario 64 plays great classic, a little bit of layer of polish to it, but not a lot. Yeah. Like they're like, we want you to know it's a 64 game, yeah. but it doesn't have to look like absolute, butt. yeah, we're not there's gonna, a little bit of shading, a yeah. little bit of ground, like a little bit of rounding on certain things, but still very polygonal, if yes, you will. Absolutely. Uh, and then of course, sunshine. Uh, I, I've always loved sunshine. Sunshine's held a soft spot in my part of my heart, even though I feel like it's kind of is like one of the bastard children of like the Mario franchises. I don't feel like it got a lot of love. A lot of people were kind of weirded out by the concept of like you're using flood this whole time, but I mean, it's, it's very much a, a Mario 3d experience. You know what's what I mean? a like, flood flood, the water tank that you spray with. On oh, it. I've never played it before. Mario sunshine. Yeah. Oh, it's great. I was going to say, I never played it. So I can, I can understand from the other side. I didn't have a GameCube either. Yeah. And, uh, I, I think that that probably suffers. Yeah. There yeah, was a GameCube, I think, maybe was, was that maybe one of the least selling consoles of Nintendo even? Yes. Like, because everybody and the brother had a 64. Yeah, and everybody, everybody had, had a Wii. Yeah, everybody had a Wii. But, uh, the GameCube sold better than the Wii U, but not. Uh, that makes sense. Not terribly better. 
But I feel like the GameCube, as far as like the games go for it, great titles. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like I'm just saying, like look back there and you can see all these amazing titles yeah. that are you got Crystal Chronicles, you've got uh Donkey Kongo was a fun, unique little experience, like playing through a Donkey Kong game using bongo drums and stuff. That's mm-hmm. what that game entitled using. Uh you got your Metroid Primes are on there. So that's what that was set yeah. up through and everything. I mean, it's it's good stuff. That's what yeah. I picked up. Uh Whenever it first launched, Resident Evil 4, which is my favorite Resident yeah. Evil, was a GameCube ex- timed exclusive. Like, it didn't come out on PS2 or anything for, like, another six months That's or right. more. Yeah, yeah. It had the, uh, the sweet little controller. You could get the collector's edition that looked like a chainsaw. Like, it actually, like, it was, like, the regular <laughs> controller, but part of it, like, stuck up like a chainsaw. Yeah. It was really cool. They had, like, a... It was, like, a limited run for that, too. I think it was only, like, a 200,000 of those controllers oh. were made because... Everything was unique. Whenever it had like the blood splatter on it, there was oh. no like set it pattern for it. It was done. actually like done. It wasn't by printed somebody. on there. Nope. That's cool. They're pretty neat. And that was yeah, that. unique. Um, and then uh, last one that I want to talk about is kind of like a little oddball title. I like they oddballs. did a uh, a Nintendo Online so only title that you have right now is Super Mario Thirty Five. You played it? Yeah, it's really cool. I, I I didn't know how to go through it. So this is essentially like your battle royale version yeah. of a Mario it's game. It's Tetris ninety nine, but in Mario World, yeah. right? Like yeah. thirty five thirty five players at the same time. Um, you start off in like classic. It, it is just classic Mario mm-hmm. only. Super Mario Brothers one that you're playing through. You start off World One One. As you're going through, you're getting more coins. It adds to your time, so that way you can play longer. Oh, Obviously, nice. if you time out, you're done. Um, you kill more enemies. You've killed a group of enemies in a row. It'll send like one or two of those enemies to another player. So it'll just drop I, down. I heard on about them. that. I remember that. Yeah. So yeah. if like one of your enemies goes to them and they drop down on them and they actually kill that player and that player's out, it'll say like you you eliminated them basically kind nice. of thing because you're the one that did yeah, that. It's your fault. Yeah. And then like the whole time too, you'll see like a lot of they have like a slight like light blue shading to them. That means that it's an enemy from another game coming mm, to you. Mm-hmm. So you'll have more enemies that'll drop down on you too that you'll be able to fight off. Yeah. And fend off too, and those will add up more coin and and uh, time bonuses as well too. As you've kind of plowed through more and more enemies, uh, like the most satisfying thing too is like your screen's fucking full, and all of a sudden you're mad. You you're able to hit a block, and you get a star, and you're just swiping out like hundreds of enemies just at once. You're like, yeah, and you just see like fucking flying. You see like because they actually have like a visualization of lines that'll go. Showing oh, you like it's been to like this area. Where they're going. Yeah, so it'll just like, it'll just like go all over to different players. Never won one yet. I got really close. Yeah. Um, a few different What's times. What's the highest placing you got? I think like second or third. Nice. No, third. Third is all it was. Yeah. Um, I once got 87th in Tetris 99. Wow. I never won Tetris 99 either. I played it a couple of times, but it's not that it wasn't like my cup of tea. It's yeah. just that like, I like Tetris, but. I don't know. I, it kind of almost makes me feel like panicky, panicky version of Tetris. Yeah. And I'm, I'd rather just relax and take my time to figure out what Tetris bricks are going to go where. <laughs> yeah. It's already hard enough. But then when you start competing in Tetris, yeah, it's like if somebody gave you a Rubik's cube and they were like, solve that under a time crunch. And you're like, fuck, I didn't, I couldn't do it originally, let alone under time. Yeah. No, yeah. it's, it's, well, cool. uh, I'm glad that that's it's good stuff. The last, uh, I was going to mention real quick. I, I also played, uh, I started playing Night in the Woods. I'm going to talk a little bit more about it probably the next time because I'm going to beat in the woods. <laughs> I'm going to beat this one. Like uh, so Dio I'll have a song. little bit more to, to talk about on there. But it's a, it's a really awesome indie title that just added it to Game Pass. And it's been out, it came out last year. I've been wanting to pick it up for a while. Yeah. Since I saw its release and stuff, it's just a really cool. Really odd art style, but it's a really good storytelling story. Um, 
and I'm excited to finish it, just kind of see where everything kind of ends up on there. But yeah. I don't want to talk about it at length until I have the whole thing done. Okay. So uh, that's that for me. What about movies let's for you? Let's head into some movies. Um, all right. So uh, let's start from the top. Recently. Uh, Backdoor Sluts 9. Enola Holmes. Yeah. Did you watch it yet? No. Enola Holmes is so charming, dude. Like, uh, it Jay is. Jay told me, he said it's like, it's almost like he, cause he found out it was a series. I didn't know it was an actual oh, like series. A book series. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He yeah. said it was an actual series. And he said after the way that, like, he watched it, but when they watched it, he said it's almost like, like, the, if they wanted to continue doing this and make more movies or something yeah. out of it or whatever, he said, I would fully encourage it. He said, this could be like a new Harry Potter. Oh, easily. Yeah. yeah. It's so good. And Millie Bobby Brown is just awesome. I mean, she's never proven us wrong with Stranger Things. Named after one of the greatest R&B artists of all time. <laughs> and uh, and I would, you know, she was even probably the best thing about the Godzilla movie that came out. That yeah. was a, a big stink. Fe- I yeah. didn't really like it. King I mean, of Monsters. Yeah. Yeah. I think people did like it, but I didn't really love it. I, I, I think it's also, do you like... Like those kind of movies, no. <laughs> like like uh, what is the the Godzilla movies? No, but I mean they have an actual kaiju, name for kaiju monsters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah like no, I don't like the Pacific Rim movies. Yeah. They didn't really do anything for me. I only ever watched the first so. Pacific Rim. I I, I watched the second one of that. I, I watched this Godzilla, but I didn't watch Kong Skull Island, which is kind of a shame. I feel like I should have watched it because I really want to see where that story kind of goes. Yeah. And then that's the same director that we've talked about before. He's the guy that's going to be directing the metal gear movie yeah whenever it comes out as well that jordan vaught roberts i think is his name okay that jordan vaught roberts that jordan uh i actually liked henry cavill in this movie you did um i'm not a big a giant henry cavill fan was it just because of superman that did that for you or do you just not like him in general that might be the only thing i've ever seen him in okay um but i thought he played a good sherlock bro Watch The Witcher. I'll get there. Yeah, it's I will for shit. sure. <laughs> uh, I will get there. Uh, I love him in that. He's a good like, Sherlock, he's, though. He's like, I, now that he's played Geralt, I could not imagine another Geralt. <laughs> nice. Uh, I think that he he could easily be if we wanted our American. Well, he's not even American. He's no. English. Yeah. Um, if we wanted like a new Sherlock to either spin off into his own movies, uh-huh. but I think Robert Downey Jr. still wants that Sherlock's. market. And uh, and I know Ben Bimberdick. Remember <laughs> Dick Cumberbatch? <laughs> uh, I know he he's uh, he does a pretty good job for PBS, doesn't he? Is that or uh, BBC? BBC. Yeah. yeah, I've watched the first series, which is four episodes, and each episode is the length of a movie. Oh wow! Yeah, like I, they're all like every episode, quote unquote, is yeah. like an hour and a half, an hour and forty minutes wow. long. And uh, I just I'm not a big. Uh, Benedict. 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 Thank you. I'm not a big Benedict Cumberbatch uh, fan. I just he he's a little too dry for me. Yeah. Um. He's I, he's very good as Sherlock as well. Too. I like I a Robert like Downey Jr. Sherlock because he's uh, funny. He's a little bit off the wild, but I think Henry Cavill what, is a what good about Will balance. Well, <laughs> I doubt. I doubt that is good. I haven't seen it yet, but I doubt that is good. But I, I really I think uh, Henry Cavill does a really good job as that. I didn't realize there was another brother in the story. Uh, Mycroft is his name. Um, I didn't, didn't realize that he existed, um, but that was okay. Uh, Helena Baum Carter is their mom. Yes. And she does a really good job. Yeah. Uh, I think that they've got a really unique relationship, Anola and the mom. 
Um, Jay told me as he was watching, he said said it it plays out like he said, this is really good, like a Harry Potter series. And then he said, now I'm thinking about it, he said, I think there's like three or four people in it that are also in Harry Potter. (laughs) (laughs) I was just like, I know Helena Bonham Carter's in it. She's in there. But I said, I don't know who else is in there. Yeah, I couldn't tell you either if anybody stands out. But uh, Enola breaks the fourth wall a lot, which maybe she does in the books. Uh, But I, I thought that was... Millie does such a good job of breaking that fourth wall in there. Like it's you, you kind of like smile or laugh at, at what she's doing because like she does it in like a, a sweet non Deadpool kind of way. Just like, ha, 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 she's talking to me. <laughs> <laughs> like really deadpan. <laughs> yeah. And uh, no, so I dug it. I thought the the storyline was good, but really it was more about the charm of of her. Like she carried that whole that that shit, and she's gonna continue to do that if they're going to do more of these movies which i think they should they're going to have to do it quick as a young Ooh. as a young enola do it quick because she's like 16 now so i mean really bobby brown i think so i think she's like maybe even I'm older pretty sure she's older than that i think she's like 18 oh and so maybe i don't know she's she's growing up and uh and she's that's not how you spell millie she definitely that was dot oz <laughs> <laughs> uh She's gonna do nineteen. She's sixteen. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, and she look. She looks like Natalie Portman in that picture. She does she? really bad right here. Yeah, <laughs> and I think that she is gonna like take the world by storm as an adult actress. Also, like she'd be see awesome. Some side by sides. A little bit there. Yeah, that other picture was like really good at it. Yeah, though. it was just like the way that oh it was God. positioned and everything. <laughs> that uh-huh. looks the same. <laughs> That's crazy. Especially as she's younger. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, but. She's awesome. I can't. I can't uh, give her enough praise. Uh, then I watched the King of Staten Island. Ah, yes, the, uh, Pete, the Pete Davidson, Davidson joint. Yes, uh, I went into this movie not liking Pete Davidson. Yeah, don't like him. Yeah, can't can't stand him. Think Is it because he doesn't like Staten Island? And he's from Staten Island. No, I think he's isn't he Staten Island proud? Uh, no, there was one interview I remember listening on uh, on Tesdi when they were talking about it. Uh, whenever he was. Like after the first season of him being on SNL, mm-hmm. uh, that they had him in an interview and he was talking about it. He said that like uh, he fucking hates Staten Island. He he doesn't like it because it's so Republican. He oh. said he think he he actually said on the interview. He said he thinks his mom's a fucking idiot for living there still, oh. and he lives there still. Yeah, I don't know if he was like really like. Because I went after that episode came out, I went and listened to that interview. So it's really hard to tell though, because like part of he's very deadpan with it. Yes, he is. So part of me was like, I can't. What's he serious? I really legitimately can't tell if he's serious or not. Part of yeah. me thinks like this is just a, a lark, and he's just being jokey with it. Yeah. But at the same time, he was so deadpan delivery, like he could be serious, and he you would you yeah. know you would be like, oh wow. Or yeah. at the same time, you're just like, wow, his guy's a comic genius for yeah. being so able to do it so deadpan. Well, he made a movie about all about like the positive like things of Staten Island now. So maybe yeah. it's, maybe his thoughts have changed on it too. It could have been. Uh, so didn't like the dude. Um, this movie is very personal. It seems like it seems like it's like about him. Yeah, yeah, it's um, supposed to be. It's very much like him and Judd Apatow wrote it about his life. Yeah. Uh, and it it was a good feels movie. Like I mean, it had funny parts, and but yeah. it wasn't like it wasn't like a Happy Madison movie where it's like I'm gonna be ridiculous and there's gonna be a bunch of dumb yeah, yeah, stuff, yeah. and then we're gonna. Was there it, a lot of downer parts, or is it mostly like all? I think there's a lot of down parts, like but yeah. not in not in like there's some stuff now that is hard to swallow. It's so real, and yeah. so like 
I think there was enough comedy in it to keep you afloat throughout it. Um, That's good. Uh, Bill Burr is uh, is in it, and he uh, does a really good job. I think I, I like feel that like guy. His stepdad, he or something ends up like being, that. Yeah, something towards like the that? end of it, that's kind of spoilery a little bit. But I yeah, it seemed I yeah. watched a couple of like clips from it, and it seemed like that's the character role he was supposed to be yeah. being. Yeah, in. or maybe like his mom and him were dating or something. Yeah, like that that's point. A, what it ended up yeah. coming out to. Uh, and uh, but I I think I really like that dude. I don't know his comedy at all. What several Bill Burrs, but. Uh, I mean, he seen him on Mandalorian and then seen him on this. I was yeah. like, I guess a good actor. I don't know if he's a good comedian, but he's a good actor. He's, he, he's a very good comedian. Yeah. I mean, I remember watching his like comedy central presents back in the day and yeah. I always enjoyed it, but uh, I've not watched any newer specials. I gotcha. I gotcha. But, uh, it was, it was good. I'm curious to see what else, uh, Pete Davidson could do. Cause I always felt like he was kind of a one dimensional person. Like all of his stuff is kind of the same. Uh, and it seemed like whenever he first joined SNL, it was like very, I want to be the odd guy out kind of like Adam Sandler was for a time. Mm-hmm. Adam Sandler ended up growing on there eventually and got the characters and the roles and stuff. And, yeah. and Pete has now too. He's got a lot more, you know, characters that he'll portray and whatnot mm-hmm. on there too. But whenever he first started, he was just kind of like, I'm going to be the goofy guy that's on weekend update all the time. And you know, whatever, I'll just yeah. be the quirky guy. Kind of like, you know, Adam Sandler used to be, and then he maybe play some songs, yeah. or, you know, and then it kind of seemed like that's where he was starting at. But then I heard nothing but good stuff about this movie. I heard it's supposed to be real good. Yeah. I highly recommend that. Cool. And then last but not least, Bill and Ted face the music. Ooh. Mic drop. Did uh, you drop it? I I mic'd, I I, I dropped the. See. Oh shit! Did you hear it? I did drop the mic. That was really loud in my ear. <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, that was. If you are looking for a an actual time capsule just to take you back to, <laughs> if you're looking for a Bill and Ted movie, <laughs> you're looking for yeah a third Bill and Ted movie. <laughs> it, it gives it to you. Uh, there's not much else to say about that except for you know they. They do a lot of time travel. Yeah. They're going to see future themselves, uh-huh. uh, which I don't, they don't hit a lot of going to visit themselves. Yeah. In the other one too. Not right. At all. Like, no. and they, there's like a ver- there's a, a part where they're old, right. At one point in time in one of the two, either. Yeah. I don't remember. In which the one second it is. one. Yeah. Excellent adventure. Yeah. yeah. Um, but this and was, the first one, they don't see themselves at all. I think that's honestly the only time they do is whenever they're really old. Yeah, I think this I, one isn't it supposed to be like they see themselves they go, like in prison or some shit. There's a, yeah, there's a there's a part where they're in prison. <laughs> there's a part where they're washed up playing like in a hotel. Uh, yeah, there's there's a lot of different levels of it, but I thought it was cute. Um, I felt like the movies I've chose to watch have all hit like the moves of not being real heavy. Yeah, uh, or at least the ones I'm talking about. I think there's just a lot of things that are going on in the actual world today, yeah. whether it be presidential debate shit, whether it be Corona shit, everything that's just kind Race of race wars. Yes, yeah. I feel like you really this is the time for that stuff. Yeah, you don't want something that's heavy handed that's yeah. here to teach you a very important lesson because you get that literally <laughs> almost every single day yeah, of your life when you wake you. up. You yeah. look at your phone, and you're just like. All right, here we go again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so welcoming the the light and fluffy is uh, what I've been doing, uh-huh. and uh, Bill and Ted. Not like one of those uh, Japanese pancakes. I'm not familiar. Japanese pancakes. Yeah. Light and fluffy. I'll show you. You're gonna be. You're gonna. Your mind's about to be blown <laughs> when I show you this Japanese pancake. All right. Um. What are they? Are they like just? They're made out of. They're just like a regular pancake. Dude, look at that. Oh wow! It's so tall. Uh, 
<laughs> it's like flan. Yeah, they're that. They're that thick. Wow. They're thick daddies. It's a biscuit. Not really. I mean, it's the height of a biscuit, maybe, it's or a, bigger. It's like... But the consistency is like a pancake-y? really light, fluffy pancake. Yeah. Huh. But that's is that like how a, they pancake? That's how they cake and pancake. They, they make a lot of different cakes, too. Uh, and but they I mean, do like, it all tall like that? Yeah. Everything's always like exaggerated and tall like that. I like it. But, I mean, obviously, it's made its way here. That's just the traditional Japanese way of making pancakes. It's really extra fluffy like that. You taught me something new today. You know what? I'm going to tell you about Dr. Sleep. You watched it? I watched Dr. Sleep. I haven't watched it yet. Dude, I fucking adore this movie. Yeah? I It got such mixed bag reviews. Did it? And I, so many people were talking about it being long. And it is a longer movie. What's like three hours? No, like two and a half. Oh, not even like a Marvel movie. Nah, but I mean, like at the same time, a lot of people were like giving it fleck because they were like, seems like there's a lot of stuff that's not so important in the story. And I'm just like, yes, but the pacing of it and the way that they do this, you need all that time. And I honestly would have been fine if they gave me a little bit more of it because I enjoyed him as older Danny that much. It was like really, it, it was really cool. Like having older Danny and him finally coming to terms with that. There's other people out there that are special that like the him shine and everything. Yeah. And like this chick, that's like the, uh, the hat lady. I forget what her, I think they call her just like Mr. Hat or something, even though it's a chick. Uh, Mr. Hello, Mr. Hat. Was I don't remember what they call her. <laughs> it's something hat, though. I remember because she wears the top hat thing. Is it like Mr. Garrison that has Hi, Mr. Mr. Hat. Garrison. <laughs> um, so she's not Doctor Sleep. Uh, no. Is there a Doctor Sleep? Yes. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah, there's there's Doctor Sleep things in here. We will that like, that will be revealed when like you watch the movie. Doctor Sleep is a person. Yeah, you'll or, see. Or a thing. Uh, Rose the Hat. I forgot the name of the character. I like Mister Hat better. <laughs> Rose the Hat. Uh, she's obviously your villain in the story. Uh, really cool, fucked up, well done villain. I I thought it was really cool. Yeah, I'm like, I was I'm I'm excited for you to see it if you haven't watched it because I I legitimately really enjoyed this. I didn't yeah I'm I didn't down. know how much I was gonna love uh love it going into it. It's really awesome seeing him kind of like push aside his abilities and then kind of slowly kind of come to terms with like I've not used this in a while. I really kind of got to focus it, get it down again, yeah, so I can help this girl because Rose is after this girl that has like. Basically, super crazy strong abilities like Danny had when he was a kid, if not more so. I see. And uh, they find out, like, like one of the bigger uh, kind of, I guess, quote-unquote plot twists was, like, there's really no way to stop her, you know, like, physically kind of a thing. So the only thing was is that there's certain things like Rose the Hat that consume the shine out of people. That's like what she does. She has these abilities, not quite like the shine, but she's, you know, she's like a shine sucker. Yes. That's exactly like what her group is. They call themselves like the true knot, I think is whatever, like K-O-N-O-T, the true knot. And those people are the quote unquote, like soul suckers, if you will. And they only way they can stop her is to take her to another thing that soul sucks. So that's when they go back to, the overlook. Oh, they go back. Yeah. Awesome. And I was just like, oh shit, because he's just like, the whole place is literally one 
turbo soul suck. Like yeah. the, the ghosts are there, but it's the actual place feeds off of you. Uh-huh. And so the only way they can stop her is by taking her back there. And then you actually get to go there again. And nice. I'm just like, oh my God, this is so cool. cool. You get to see like Rose walking through eventually. And you see her seeing all the stuff that Danny would have saw. Like you see the elevator open up with the blood and she's watching it stuff happening this time. She, you see the twins, you see all the shit. And nice. it's like experiencing it from new eyes at that point. And it's really, really awesome and really well done how everything cool. kind of comes together. But I, I can't recommend it enough. I really, really love this. Uh, this, And I hope – I told me, I was just like, this could have been like a mini series, Or if they wanted to continue it or something like that down the road with like the little girl or him or whatever, mm-hmm. I was like, just – Make more of this. Make, like it's really do this cool. again. I just it's good stuff. I, is there I really another story uh, that that Stephen King has told through pa- past Doctor Sleep? Not past Doctor Sleep. Okay, no, it's just the two books. Okay, the Shining I didn't know the, if he had continued on. Yeah, Doctor Sleep was a long time after even. Right? Yeah, it's like, been Doctor like twenty Sleep something years. Came out. Yeah, a significant. Different. The, the, the book didn't come out until like two thousand fifteen or That's fourteen, thought, something yeah, like, like that. Sometime was, in, yeah, within yeah. the last two thousand thirteen book was published. Okay. Nice. Yeah, it's good stuff. That's the only only movie I watched, but I right. can't recommend it enough. Let's talk about some TV. Tell me about your TV. Um, Avatar: The Last Airbender, the animated series. The animated series. I've never watched it. I re- you haven't? No, for real. I recommend it. I've that's all I ever hear. Um, if you <laughs> if you like, and I, I know there's no connection whatsoever. If you like Pocahontas. If you like Pocahontas. If no. you like Avatar. The movie, no, I would which say, is Pocahontas. If you like the yeah, if you like the blue cats, you'll like this show. Uh, no, I kind of liken it to, and maybe maybe I'm connecting it for a certain Captain reason. Captain Planet, no, Star Wars Clone Wars. Okay, but that's because Filoni came from Avatar to do Clone Wars. Okay, that's why I'm connecting it. But I got gotcha. you. It, it has the treating an animated series seriously. Yeah. A kid show with 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 seriousness. Yeah, it has that same kind of feel that Clone Wars had. Cool in it, but uh, it's just got this. Um, it's very kid in like it's it's anime light. It's I've always American heard it's, it's a very like coming of age story type of a thing, like him growing and learning and everything. But it gets to like a culmination yeah. point to where it's like we're 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 kids still but we're like we're kind of not kids anymore yeah. we've got these abilities we learn these abilities yeah. we're ready to fight and there's only thing. three seasons of it i yeah. think there's like 36 episodes something like that the but that main character ang the, yeah. the 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 airbender um i dig it i i just i'm i'm about halfway through the first season and i'm just like this show's awesome and i can do it like i can watch it while i'm like folding clothes or like Doing shit around the house. You fold clothes? I fold clothes. That's wow. just like everybody else does. I don't fold clothes. <laughs> I leave them in. I leave, a a, I leave them in a fucking basket until I need them and I pop them in the dryer. <laughs> do you really? No. I was like, <laughs> I mean, that's a way to go. Sometimes we do. <laughs> if we're lazy and I don't hang them or fold them right away. For sure. Yeah. Um, I finished watching The Watchmen, finally. The Watchmen. The Watchmen. Is I it, wa- it, that's just a one-off, though, it's right? It's a one-off. And, okay. Yeah. I didn't... I thought it was meant to be, like, this is season one. I didn't realize it was actually just a miniseries Well, kind I mean, of a it thing. was season one, yeah. and then Damon Lindelof said, I don't have another story. Yeah. And I'm not making another story up for you guys to get a second yeah. season. If you have somebody else who wants to take From this, what I had heard, like that was like this is meant to be a mini series, and that's how they're treating it now. It yeah. didn't look like they were going to have anybody pick it up. I mean, yeah, and they did. They closed the book on yeah. it finally. But after there was like 
there was a long period of time. I remember time us talking about that in the where news he was now, just yeah. like, I'm done, but you guys can keep doing it. And they were like, okay. And they did, but they didn't say one way or the other. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, I think they, I think HBO finally just said, we're done. We're not doing anything else with yeah. it, which is smart finishing it. Yeah. It's a perfect little bookend of a giant ass movie. Like it's a 10 hour or nine hour movie uh, of it all. The, uh, the storyline is just perfectly weaved together where all these different things are happening. Um, it ends to where you could, you could totally do a sequel, but you don't need to make it immediately after they could pick yeah. it up five years down the road. Maybe Damon comes up with a second season idea then, or somebody else does, and they could go boom. Here's season two. Where, you, where do you think? When? How do you think that happens? It's like he's like on the toilet, and he's just like, "Oh my god, <laughs> I don't know if I just shit or if I just had another idea for the Watchmen." Yeah, yeah, yeah. something like that it has to be that way. I hope so. Uh, but yeah, I, I finally got around to it. The rest of the world has already knows that this is an awesome show, and it's won all kinds of awards. But yeah. I'm just here to go. Yeah, it was. <laughs> you're Some, right sometimes that's all you need chad i just i can verify <laughs> kind of like the same with uh, what remains of edith finch I'm like yeah that was a good game you are correct <laughs> i tried it back to episode whatever that was and probably then, like 70 something uh more tiger king man oh you've been watching more tiger king yeah the uh the id channel came oh, out they with, had a special yeah a, a, a special called tiger's lies and cover-ups yep and then they also had another one about like joe exotic before all of this like a young joe exotic i haven't watched that one yet god uh, i can't wait i i can't get enough of this train wreck i just continue to watch whatever they put in front of my face um there's just there's nothing that you're there we're not uncovering anything new really uh the only thing that i learned from this uh-huh. last two hours is that you like tigers uh, no, I don't really like, I don't even care about that <laughs> shit. I actually don't love any animal in captivity at all whatsoever. So like that part of it has no interest in me whatsoever. You don't want them to be in captivity. No. You like the tigers though? No, I don't like the tigers. You don't, don't like, like tigers? You don't like animals, period? No, not really. Not even your cat. I like my cat. That's it. You hate your cat? I love my cat. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm going to go on record now. Fuck you, Gertie. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, but every time I say my cat, uh, you... I still have never watched the newest Ghostbusters, right? Uh, no. There's a part where uh, uh, Thor, uh, you know, what's his yeah. name? Hemsworth. Yeah. He's he's a real dumb guy Chris, on there. Even. And he's like. Not like him. He, yeah. <laughs> he, Chris. Uh, he says something about his. Uh, his I like uh, just calling him Thor. <laughs> he was never not going to be just Thor. always Thor. You know, um, Loki guy. You know, Thor. <laughs> uh, and, uh, but he, he refers to his pet. His his pet called uh he says my cat and they're like, Oh, you've got a cat and he goes, No, it's my dog. His name is Mike Hat. And <laughs> and he goes, Why would you think that I had a cat? <laughs> He's so dumb, it's funny. Cracks me up. He's he is so him and Kate McKinnon kind of like carry that entire movie. Yeah. Uh that's kind of what I though. what I'd heard from that. Speaking of that though, too, I know that uh what's her face is about to start uh they're bringing back a supermarket sweep. Yeah, and Leslie, Leslie Jones. Jones is going to host it. Yeah, I I still I'm not a big Leslie Jones fan. I'm not a huge Leslie Jones fan, but I do. I, there's a lot of moments on SNL where I do like her a lot. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I'm a huge Supermarket Sweep fan. I, yeah, I know that. I love Supermarket I know Sweep. That. Did I, I mention uh, that I like Supermarket? Sweep? I started uh, Supermarket going Sweep Volume One. No, on Netflix. So Peacock, you know Peacock. Uh, <laughs> My Peacock. Peacock. Peacock now has all of the Saturday Night Lives, like yes. starting from season one through. Yeah. 
And uh, so I'm starting to watch everything Saturday Night Live from the beginning. Yeah. So like I started that. That this first week. sketch from the very first episode on that first season, I I don't know. I really laughed really hard the first time I watched it. Which ones is that? Uh, they're on a date, and something happens where there's a shark at the door. Like somebody knocks on the door and the girl's just like, I'll get it. And she gets up and there's a shark that like eats somebody, like eats her. And then the guy runs away and then just Chevy Chase walks in off camera and he's wearing a headset and Mike, like he's just like a cameraman. He just goes, that's right. And he's just like live from New York. It's Saturday night. And then that's like it. And then it just goes like the music. <laughs> he's the person that introduces it for yeah. the first time, but it's just like so the sketch had nothing to do with anything like that. And it just ends with her getting eaten by a shark. And then he just walks in off stage. Yeah, you could tell they have no idea what they're doing at that it's point. So still. they're just like it's so dumb. Uh, and then Carlin's just kind of like in the middle of like just doing a stand-up routine. Basically, like. that's all that is. And the music music bits and stuff like from uh Simon and Garfunkel or whatever, or Paul Simon. Yeah, they, that they, was the second episode. I know, but I meant like those went on for a long yeah. time. It seemed like they were just like, yeah. Well, they had three music, musical acts on the first episode. Music, music variety, two. music variety hour, and we're gonna play like ten minute songs every time. <laughs> and then they did Andy Kaufman's just whole like Mighty Mouse skit. Yeah. Like that was just his thing on there. He didn't interact with anybody else. He just did a skit. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, oh, and that was it. Tiger King was uh, more Tiger King in the world. How are your TVs? Uh, they're good. I, they, I got a Samsung in the living room, yeah, and then I get a Vizio in there, and then I don't. Do you count these as TVs? Because these are both CTLs, and then I got an Alienware there. Yeah, they're I mean, monitors, but I mean, they're kind of like TVs. Right? Do you watch TV on them sometimes? Yeah, of course. Then yes. Mandy watches Vamp or Mandy Betty watches Vampirina on this one. Yeah, and then I'll use this one for whatever I got to do, and then I'll play a game over there sometimes while she's watching Vampirina over here. Nice. Yeah, it's called parenting. I'm real good at it. <laughs> watch this show <laughs> sit next to me please <laughs> don't run away i meant the shows have you been watching any shows oh yeah we watched uh the entire first season of the boys yes amazon prime original series i uh i remember you telling me that you uh were in that and i was excited to hear about it because i have not boised it up at all it's good stuff uh that does have quite a bit of departure in some circumstances from the comics there are certain things that are you know about the comics i do yeah and there are certain things that are like right on the money as far as it goes like eddie money yeah he was there uh what did he sing was it did he sing a song about love I don't know. I feel like he sang a song about love. <laughs> Everybody sang a song about love at one point in time. Uh, probably. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's great stuff. I really like it a lot. Uh, really good character storytelling. Um, I I think that Carl Urban as uh, casting for Billy Butcher is like fucking spot on. Like he does an amazing, amazing job right. of what, like what I would have thought that character to be when you read the comics. I like he has embodied that completely. Nice. Really sucks about Huey because like Huey is like, like kind of your main character. He's the person that you're following is like your central character. Is he the Superman kind of 
no, person. no, 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 no. That's 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 a Homelander. Oh, okay. um, he's he's kind of like a villain. Like the superheroes in this are like your villains. Oh, that's basically. right. I forget. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, Huey's yeah. like one of the. He's the boy, like the new of the character of the boys. Like he's the new recruit in the group, mm-hmm. but he's like your main character that you follow. I see. But in the in the comics, it's uh, it's really cool how they do it because his character is directly inspired, uh, looks wise, by Simon Pegg. Okay. Then uh, mm-hmm. Gareth has actually said. Um, like this, the, I really enjoyed him in Spaced because at that point in time, I don't even think Shaun of the Dead had been mm-hmm. out yet. That he enjoyed him in Spaced so much that he really wanted the character to kind of be based around him. So he asked Simon Pegg, and Simon Pegg was like, "Of course," because he reads comics a lot too. Mm-hmm. And um, so that character is based off of him, and he's supposed to be from Scotland. So like the whole time, you have this Scottish character now in, in the casting for the boys. Of course, we got this like flat out plain American skinny kid. Boo. But it really cool is that Simon Pegg plays his dad in the show. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> and they never get to talk about or see, uh, you see and read uh, about his parents in the comics because he, there's a, a one of the volumes where he goes back to Scotland and the whole thing is kind of like centered around him uh, just visiting home, meeting up with old friends and some kind of like a little small crisis that happens there. Mm-hmm. Um, but his dad is played by Simon Pegg. It's really cool. It's also really, really weird hearing Simon Pegg just have a flat out American accent, just being plain Jane, boring American mm-hmm. guy. Cause I've never heard that before out of his mouth. That's like funny. even in uh, like Star Trek, he was Scotty, right? So, I mean, he, Maybe. I think so. And he would have had a Scottish accent at that point. Cause it's that character is stereotypically Scottish even. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that was the first time I ever heard that. Uh, really awesome, interesting premise for a story in case those people listening don't know what this is. Essentially, we live in a world, a real world that has superheroes abound. Like, I'm talking hundreds of thousands of superheroes. And the whole concept of it is that what we see and experience of the superheroes, whether it be watching them on TV day to day, saving people or the comic books that are based on them in this world mm-hmm. or the movies, you know, like they also have like a big, huge, like a Marvel cinematic universe, almost kind of a thing yeah. that goes on in there too. Um, that's what we experience from them, but that's not really who they are. And behind the scenes, they can be really kind of shitty people. Yeah. Whether it be like, they're just hey, people with power, which yeah, is, you, which they, they get, they to get shitty very power, power hungry people. You know, like I saved this girl, I should be able to rape right you know and get away with it because i'm a superhero of course and if you know i don't get away with it and she has something to say about it this company that kind of helps the superheroes bought industries will pay off the people like fucking toss checks left Uh, and right to kind of pay off these people so that way they can keep making more money from all of their marketing and stuff mm -hmm. that they get from them so they're allowed to be shitty this group the boys was kind of a subsect of the CIA and they are there to kind of spank superheroes and put them in their place or if need be off them. And it has happened in the comics. It happens quite a bit where they do kill several of them. Um, But in the show itself, you know, it's happened a few different times. It's kind of almost like they twist it in their storyline. Like this person left, he's uh, gone. He's no longer here. He's in space fighting a, a space war, sorts, yeah. you know, kind of a thing. And that's the, he's gone. He'll, he might be back eventually, but we're going to hire this new member to be a part of the, of the seven, which is like your, your justice, justice league, league basically. Yeah. And then this is the new member kind of a thing. And that happens. And that's, Directly, a lot of times because of the boys having to I do see. that, and that's right. their way of kind of getting out of it. Um, but 
the whole story is awesome. I didn't realize that this is Eric Kripke that actually does the series itself. He's the guy that was the showrunner and uh, creator of Supernatural. Mm. Um, and he does a really, really good job with all of the different things. Like he, If there's something that seems like it almost might be borderline too comic booky. He doesn't fucking care. It goes right in there. Yeah. And I like it. Like, we talked about that before. You know, I like it whenever they do that. Like, Absolutely. We talked about it with the, the Suicide Squad trailer. Yeah. It's really cool seeing, like, a John Cena's character looks like he does in the comics. Yeah. They didn't try to make it modernized or anything. He's got the weird dorky-looking helmet uh-huh. and shit. So, I mean, like, they just full-on went with it. They do that here, too. Yeah. And it's really cool. And Kripke's a really good writer. He's a really good director as well. Um you can tell that he is very much uh, still in that mind frame of liking the people that he played with on Supernatural so much because I know in season three, we've already got it that uh, Jensen Eccles is going to be in there as Soldier Boy. And then I think they actually have just cast um, uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan as well. Nice. And he played Sam and Dean's dad yeah. in the series. Mm-hmm. So I think he's just – and then there was an episode that had uh, – the Bobby character from Supernatural. It was in there as like a senator type character in one of the episodes that we watched in the first season. So it kind of um, gets to work with it. it it's showing it's proven itself enough to where yeah. he gets to kind of play a little yeah, bit he more. Yeah, he can do what he wants to bring in. some of the, the people that he's worked with. I mean, yeah. he worked with those guys for 15 fucking years. I yeah. mean, you got to know he's liked him a little bit to want right. to keep doing what he's doing. Um, but yeah, it's it's really solid. I'm, I can't wait to dip into season two. We got some other stuff we're going to watch ahead of that. But um, I think as of us recording it, this Friday is the end, fin- the finale airs mm. on there for it. Because they did the first three episodes, I think, at once. And then they did it weekly. weekly. And then I think this is the tail end of it now. Very that'll cool. be happening. So it'll be wrapped up. We'll be able to watch it. And then I think it got renewed for three and four. Oh, uh, from what nice. I've heard. Uh, I, three wasn't obvious, but I just saw that four got on there. I just saw um, Lock and Key automatically got renewed for three also. Yeah. In the news, which is production's really awesome. going well, they haven't even started production. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not sure they've started production, but they haven't started filming. They haven't yet. started filming, but it's really cool to know that Netflix was just like, we liked it enough that you are obviously getting Good, a two, Netflix but you're getting a three. Cancel world. I'd, it has sometimes been. might be when you hear about cancel culture, you might just be thinking about Netflix at this point because they'd be canceling like crazy. That's what I'm saying. Like, they're making room for. It seems like, I mean, I'm not really one to speak on it because there's so many series that do get canceled that I've not watched or experienced. Yeah, absolutely. I think maybe Alter Carbon got canceled, something to that effect. I think it was only two seasons, but I've heard it's great. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, that show had quite a high budget because it was a lot of CGI that was kind of in there because, you know, like mechanical parts and stuff. Of course. But that's what I mean, like you're making room by completely eliminating these shows to make room for something like, like Sandman. Yeah. You know, you're going to have a show that's going to have a really good, strong budget and stuff mm-hmm. like that. And we're making room for it. Cause we know it's going to be good. We're know it's going to last a while yeah. kind of a thing. So maybe these are okay decisions. They'll balance out. Yeah. I think so. They'll balance out. Something's and you, they've got so many plates spinning and, and it's how many, they got like <laughs> 12. That's a lot of fucking, I don't know how many, how, what appendages are you putting that I on? I only have 10 fingers. So you got to start using toes. Damn. Noses at a certain point. Toes and noses. Toses and noses. <laughs> the other thing is, uh, the only I haven't really been watching any other TV other than just kind of mind-numbing shit that we just turn yeah, on in the background. Um, right now we're in the cusp of uh, all of this Halloween show Spook-tober. is going on. I got Spooktober, uh, uh, Tober. I don't know. Oh, there's a there's probably a lot of other ones that I could think of, but I'm not going to. Um, so we've got, 
the new Ghost Adventure special we already talked about before that's going to be coming down the pike. I'm excited for that. There's a lot of Ghost Adventures that's kind of going on now, too, as is. Um, something that I enjoy and really like watching are like the cooking shows, baking shows and stuff. And a lot of the competition shows are going on, too, because they have a lot of seasonal stuff. So you've got like your Halloween Wars, which mm-hmm. is... I, to me, I I really do like like the Halloween baking championship one because it's actually like making everything one hundred percent edible shit, yeah. that they that they do. But the Halloween Wars one that's on the Food Network is really cool because they have a three person crew per team. They have one person that's like a sugar expert, so they make everything out of sugar like design wise, and it's crazy some of the shit these people pull off. Yeah, they have the sugar expert, they have their baking expert that makes the cakes and all that stuff and whatnot, and then they have a pumpkin expert that actually carves all the pumpkins because nice. the Halloween Wars will incorporate like. They'll get like giant fucking huge ass gourds and pumpkins, and this guy will like fucking shave it down and turn it into something. And then they put and the then cake inside it. And, they, and then, well, I mean, they'll build up like cake off of it, yeah. and then they'll make something that is delicious for the people to eat, and they'll also judge them based on that. Yeah. And the sugar person will be like, ah, this pumpkin's got fucking shards of bloody glass all in them, but it's all sugar, and you can yeah. eat it if you want to. You yeah. Know, which I always enjoy. And then you've got your stereotypical like travel channel shows, like, uh, Halloween crazy, Halloween crazier. Those ones are kind of very centric of like, uh, we're doing travel channel. We're going to show you like, these are the best haunted houses in the nation. Show you behind the scenes of some of the haunted houses, show you like some of the people in the costumes, how long it takes them to do their stuff. And I always like that stuff. I find it pretty fascinating. Um, but all that's kind of going on. Like, so it's pretty mind numbing shit, but with being as busy as we are, it's, it's kind of just good to unwind and not have to focus on a specific plot line for a show and kind of thinking, yeah. not like it's hard to do, but at the same time, it's just kind of like, sometimes you just kind of want to just like, I'm going to turn this on. And if I don't want to pay attention and look at my phone, I'm going to do that. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Uh, uh, what show. about music? Uh, we've had some good music come out recently. We sure have. Um, I'll touch on some. I'm sure we're going to talk about at least one. That's the same. Touch it. Uh, let's, uh, we'll start with, uh, we'll go in reverse date order. We're just going to get a little crazy. Up I in don't here. have dates. So um, you so, do whatever order you want. Uh, in September, machine gun Kelly came out with tickets to my downfall. Oh, great. Um, and, uh, so it's, I, it doesn't sound like you're a machine gun Kelly fan. Huh? Um, that doesn't sound like you're a machine gun Kelly fan. No, I love him. MGK for life. <laughs> um, I, I never was like, I didn't really have a big like following for machine gun Kelly. Um, do you like, like the more rappy parts of him or do you like the, I'm going to be like post Malone now kind of stuff? Um, well, I didn't really like anything that he was doing before. Yeah. I liked the idea that he was a fast rapper and I mm-hmm. like fast rappers generally. Like yeah. I, I like somebody who's going to really show me their stuff. Yeah. Bust is good. Eminem's Eminem. really good. Yeah. There's a fast rap McGee. Yes, absolutely. Fast. F F R M. Uh, you know, we call him firm for you short, know, <laughs> you know, you know, that firm guy we like, uh, but that was something that was always just a, it was a, I guess kind of gimmicky for him. It didn't really pan out. Um, he's done some collabs that I enjoyed over the last couple of years. Uh, but then I was like, Oh, machine gun Kelly's got a new album. I'll give it a shot. And it is like pop punk, like awesomeness. Really? Um, Pop punk? Yeah, it's absolutely like there's it's not rap at all. That's cool. Um it does have a little bit of a post Malone like new post Malone vibe a little like, bit. Do you feel like he's tried to change his style a little bit because he's acting and stuff now? Um I don't know cuz he's been acting for a long time. Yeah. Like the I remember like 5 6 years ago him being in that Drake, uh, Drake and Josh. No, he was on that show that was uh, Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Definitely wasn't that either. Clarissa explains it all. That wasn't five <laughs> or six years ago. Uh, 
No, there was a show where he was like a roadie uh, on, and I, I can't remember what it was, but it was really good. And he was really good in that show. Uh, they were like, they were the, the roadies in the backstage crew for like a, a Bruce Springsteen type band. Uh, but uh, they, so this album, is that a TV show. Yeah, it was a TV show. Roadies. Roadies. That's exactly yeah. It was, <laughs> it was called Roadies. Go figure. Uh, he played Wesley, Wes, Mason. Yeah. That was a really good show. Yeah. Uh, highly recommend it. Not what we're talking about right now, but it's it's MG, MJK, MGK. And, uh, and, uh, and one Gun with a J. <laughs> Machine Jun Kelly. <laughs> Machine Jun. Uh, so Travis Barker's the drummer on this. Cool. Whole album. Nice. Uh, I was listening to it. I was like, gosh, is this the producer from the last Blink-182 album? Or is this just Travis Barker playing drums? And it is. And uh, But it's it doesn't have a big rap element to it. Halsey's on one of the songs, so you got to know that that's going to be wonderful. I'm going to be all over that. One of your faves. I uh, love Halsey. And uh, Josh Smith has talked about Black Bear before. I think he likes that guy a lot. I don't like Black Bear. I saw him live. Uh, he has a great backing band. I, I, I know nothing about him. I'm not a big, I didn't like the, the music that black bear had, but he, uh, comes along with this like giant full band when he plays live, like a horn section and like two guitar players and like two keyboard players and a percussionist and a drummer. Like he does his rap stuff all out. And, uh, I like that his, uh, his website he he got black black bear trap dot la bear trap dot la <laughs> wonder where he's from <laughs> but uh lincoln avenue the album solid real catchy uh got a lot of good hooks to it if you like a pop punk uh kind of album I, I would recommend I checking this out. I love pop punk. Uh, <laughs> I know you love it so much. I do. I, I like <laughs> pop punk a lot. Uh so yeah I would check this out if you like the new blink one eighty two stuff I don't. Um, and if you like <laughs> the new Post Malone stuff, I love it. <laughs> you don't like the new Post Malone either. I do like Post Malone. You, you <laughs> I like, like that Hollywood new album. Blink. Yeah, that was good. Uh, I don't want to have like circles on it and shit. Yeah, yeah, that one's yeah. really good. Uh, it it and not the new. I don't mean like the the songs of the new Blink One Eighty Two, but the sound. Yeah, like the sound, the way that like the production a, itself kind yeah, of reminds the it's production very reminds me of it. that like. And I even looked to see if the same producers came over. It's from not that. that just that Travis Barker is there also. <laughs> but Travis Barker helps. Do you think that he's also like a production crew member? Because it seems like he's he might got have his a fingers touch on, on a lot of He that might have a, a touch on that as well. Uh, but even I thought his performance, he downplayed his performance, I felt like, um, to maybe fit that music, which gave I, me a little more even respect legitimately, for him. I feel like legitimately he, he does anymore for a lot of that yeah. stuff. Like he, I unless think he it's shows, unless it's Blink, it almost seems he shows like off he does. For Blink, yeah. yeah, but when he's when he was on this album, I was like, it doesn't even it doesn't sound like his technical drumming, but it felt like his sound, and it was. Uh, so that was cool. Metallica came out with uh, S and M two. Uh, they did the concert, you know, last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they came out with the the full album and the the concert video and everything. Uh, and it just reminded me how much I love Metallica. They, uh, they're just, I, they're all stars in my head. And it's quickly made me realize like, oh shit, like I need to see Metallica before I die or they die or somebody dies in the middle of that mm-hmm. little relationship there. I would hope it's uh, them first before you. Yeah, I would too, because they're a lot older than me. That, and then we also have like at least 20 more years of podcasting going down. <laughs> but they, uh, they're definitely... 
somebody I forgot about for a little bit. I think there was like a a twenty. I think maybe Saint Anger did it to me. Saint Anger around my neck. Like made me go. I don't really care about Metallica, but then I kind of started circling back the last couple of years, and I was like, shit, like that. Talk about a band that formed a lot of my musical taste. Uh, I really feel like though. As much as a much as much like as I gave Saint Anger and everybody else gave Saint Anger, yeah, you could see how tonally different of a take that they took whenever they were doing it. It was like it was very Metallica, but at the same time, it was a little bit of a risk. And it was nice to have something that wasn't just cut, copy, paste, black album, fucking every time kind of a thing. Yeah, except for like what pissed me off about it wasn't the writing of it. Yeah, it's the quality of how they they decided. To make a garage band sounding album. Yeah. When all of us were trying to make an album that sounded at least somewhat remotely commercial. Yeah. And it's like, you had the money, fuckers. Why don't you make an album that people would actually like and listen to for 20 years? And because I like the, like, there are some songs on that album. Like, I don't like Invisible Kid. No, uh, I'm it's sorry. It's really bad. I just don't. But like there are parts of even lyrically, there are parts of Saint Anger that the song that aren't horrible. No, like there there are some good parts to it. There are some good parts to some of those songs, musically and lyrically. But when you go to like YouTube and you watch like the guy who completely re-recorded everything, but like used the tones from Black Album yeah. or from Master Puppets or something, and you go, oh. Those were good songs. They just sounded like shit. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's, I think, what's more frustrating about that than anything. I mean, the whole concept of that was just them kind of wanting to say, like, we should get in touch with our roots. Yeah. You know, we should we should go back and, and record it and play it like we would have if we were, like, on an yeah. eight-track recorder back in the garage. But make it sound like Ride the Lightning. Yeah. Make it sound like Kill Em All. Like, yeah. make it sound like... It, didn't, it wasn't even as good quality as Kill Em All. No. <laughs> Not at all. It's like, come on, guys. Uh, but nonetheless, I've, I've really uh, found a new desire to have my concert videos digital. Like, so I bought like the digital version of the of the S and M two, just so I could put it on at night and I could listen to it. And because I get sucked into a concert, I don't know about you, but like I watch a I concert do, yeah. video and like I gotta realize, like I'll put it on while I'm doing shit around the house, and then I'll realize that I've stood there for thirty minutes and yeah, watched, yeah. just been like, oh, this is really good. <laughs> yeah. Kill switch, like I can't put on a kill switch I concert. Like I, I do get that. Way. I know it sounds stupid because they're also mine. I mean, I get that way sometimes when I'm watching some of those Halloween shows. <laughs> like the dude's carving the pumpkin, and something happens where like a piece breaks off, and I'm just like, oh no, I need to watch and see how he's going <laughs> to fix this because they've only got 22 minutes left out of this three hour time limit that they're under. Yeah, and those don't get is, me nearly as much. Those are going to, oh, I know. It's not the same at all. I'm just getting at like, Part of me still is kind of like, I want to see what happens. Are they going to use toothpicks this time? Are they going to use, what are they going to do? Uh, and then two more. I got two more. Uh, Aaron West and the Roaring Twenties came out with Live from Asbury Park back in July. So if you, uh, what was that noise for? No, Roaring Twenties. Oh, Roaring. That was them roaring. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know how to play on the microphone. I just want to see what goes. I was just like roaring. I think more like roar. And you were like. Rawr. I was jumping out of a plane. I see. Yeah. That's what that's roaring. That's what that was. I got you. I was roaring out of a plane. Rory Culkin. I was. <laughs> um, do you, have you listened to uh, Aaron West and Roaring Twenties? No. Ever? I recommend it. It's a lot of kind of like what we probably would have ended up doing a little bit more of as we would have went down the road. Uh-huh. Uh, they're they're like a, a folk kind of style, but you like you liked Wander Years, 
It's yeah. it's Dan Campbell from the Wonder Years, the uh-huh. singer. It's one of the guitar players playing drums, and then they've got a different guitar player and, and bass then they player. Have the drummer playing guitar? No. And then they've got a different guy <laughs> playing guitar and different guy playing bass. And then they have a banjo player, a trumpet player, and something else. Banjo kazooie. Uh, yeah. And so it's it's got a lot of like more folk elements. And essentially, it's just uh, Dan Campbell wanted to create this band to like see if he could make stories like completely made up narrative of some other this Aaron West person. Yeah. So like when he's on stage, he is Aaron West. And like they are the Roaring Twenties, obviously. Um, but like he'll introduce himself and be like, "I've been Aaron West, and they've been the Roaring Twenties. Um, and so he's created this character, Aaron West, who has like these situations and and stories and everything. Uh, so it's like completely fictional narrative, which cool. is really cool. Um, but their live album came out, which is uh, almost just like a greatest hits of everything that they've got. I thought the the album, the live quality of it was really good. Not nearly as good, obviously, as the S and M two live quality because they're Metallica and they're Aaron Rush and the. Was it better than Saint Anger? (laughs) (laughs) It was better than Saint Anger. Um, Yeah. So if you if you like a kind of is it A A R O N? Yeah, it's a A A Ron and A A Ron West and the Roaring Twenties. I found him. Uh, They are they're kind of like they're angsty, uh, like screamo folk. Oh, don't say that. You're gonna pull me right in. (laughs) because <laughs> like it's still it's still the the angsty kind of version of dan campbell and what he brings to it all but with it backed with a, a big old folk band instead if i was to guess it looks like we don't have each other that album is probably their best one that was their has, first one it's got like uh several hits that are on their top five yeah like three or four yeah three of the hits that they yeah because their second album just came out either earlier this year or late 2019 so this is late 2019 routine yeah. maintenance yeah routine maintenance yeah uh but yeah our apartment is uh Mine probably yours. The, the top is probably the top one i would imagine on there uh but yeah real good they're real good they're real good and then uh this one will probably uh lead into your music is uh but say this one like your uh 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 Fucking, I can't think of his name now that I said it. Bill. Bill who? From, uh... uh True Blood? Uh, no. Yeah, say it like you're Bill from True Blood. <laughs> I don't know if we're talking about the same thing, then. No, do it that one, though. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna say... Do this. Buffalo Bill. I'm gonna do Buffalo Bill on the front bottoms. It's <laughs> 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 flames. Like that? Yeah. The front bottoms had a new album. Yeah. Yeah, in sickness and in flames I came didn't out in July. To all of it yet. You haven't listened to all of it? I've listened to like five or five or six of the songs. Oh my gosh. The singles, and then I listened to oh. a couple of the ones after it came out. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. I I don't know about it for you. Do you have a favorite front bottoms album? Uh yes. Which one is it? Uh Town of the Hawk. Okay, that makes sense. Um, <laughs> every time they come out with a new album, it's like this one's my favorite. Huh. Like they just and, and but then it changes throughout and then I'll be like I'll get tired of it because I'll listen to it obsessively for a bit and then I'll be like oh now this one's my favorite again and then this one's my favorite like they they're all just so well written and they are I think a perfect epitome of music and like the style that I dig there's like a 
it's got a, a pop element to it, but it's got a real folky element to it and a broken down element. If I'm looking at the discography here and we're abandoning these EPs and stuff, because yeah. I really enjoyed Anne quite a bit. I thought that was really good. And Rose as well. Anne's really good, yeah. Um, I, I really, I, I've listened to them starting in 2013 yeah. because uh, Eric Stanley turned me on to them. And Talent of Hawk was what I really, I really liked that one a lot. But then I started listening to the, the, self-titled, the self-titled yeah, and it was like fucking chef's kiss to me. Uh-huh. I, I absolutely adored it. And I still yeah. love it a lot. Mm-hmm. Back on Top came out. I was gaga for it <laughs> yeah. too, as much as the other ones. But yeah. I still think like Talent of Hawk kind of edged it out for me. And I listened to Going Gray a bit, but I did not listen to it as much as I did the other ones. It didn't grab me and nearly it, it as much. it kind of didn't like it as much. So I'm kind of hoping that In Sickness and Flames grabs me at least as much as like Back on Top did before yeah. the other one. Because if it's kind of like Going Gray, I'm kind of like probably pushing it on the side a little bit. Have you listened to Jerk? The song Jerk on there? Have you heard that one? Uh, no. Look like a jerk. Look mm-hmm. like a jerk. Uh, it's a... Uh, this is this feels like the actual sequel to Back on Top. Mm-hmm. Like the I think the Going Gray had a lot of like spacey sound elements to it that I didn't love. Uh, I feel like they gave it a lot more room than it needed to be. And I don't like a I don't like a real spatial album. I don't like I'm I'm from the the rock and roll side of things. I don't need all this extra space and air to to get the vibe of like seagulls and shit like i want to start rocking and rolling and i don't care if you've got distortion or not i don't care if you've got heavy beaten drums i just want to i just want to go i want some rhythm now i know for a fact i've heard these singles we talked about camouflage before and i know we talked about montgomery on or i think we talked about montgomery Montgomery. forever is like is so good Mm -hmm. and fairbanks is good too i liked it yeah yes uh jerk uh, I'm surprised it wasn't a single, uh, but I, I mean, it makes sense. It, it doesn't feel it super commercial. With, uh, back on top, there's quite a few songs on yeah. there I felt like could have been singles more so than the ones I, that I picked. was kind of reviewing the track list before the show. And uh, I was like, oh, that song. Oh, that song. Oh, that song. Oh, that song. But but Jerk is one that hits. It's like really like, oh, that's a song that wasn't a single but I could see them coming out with it later. Like it's it's got a really good hit on it. But if you have not listened to In Sickness and In Flames, I highly recommend you do that. Stop this show because that's better than this show. What? <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> no, I it, thought this episode was brought to you by Spotify. And, oh, it is. And you can you can find In Sickness and In Flames on Spotify. Oh, you can also find the IFNZ podcast on Spotify as yeah. well. You you can switch back and forth. Do like five minutes of this. Five you can minutes get of upwards that. of zero percent off for signing up a Spotify to listen to the IFNZ podcast. <laughs> upwards. <laughs> that doesn't mean that it has to be right. No. Uh, oh, it's zero percent. Roughly around. Roughly around zero percent off. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's Spotify. What about you, dude? What about you? Have I told you about Tallboy's Tallboy Special? No, I don't think so. So Tallboy Special is a three-piece comedy troupe. They, okay. they play acoustic and sing um, quite poorly, might I add. Right. Uh, they have a new EP that came out not too long ago called Really Actually Beautiful. And uh, it's it's good stuff. Very <laughs> folksy and very reminiscent of that. I, I recommend uh, there's one called Imaginary Isle. 
and it's about going through a grocery store aisle and then you come across the imaginary aisle that has a lot of just different imaginary foods and things oh. um, that are on it and they kind of peruse the aisle in the middle of the song in, it includes such things as a hummingbird that's bigger than you um, uh, celery farts a jar full of celery farts uh, I, there's the list goes on it's it's good times if you like acoustic comedy it's quirky and folksy and different and it was something that I didn't know that I necessarily needed to listen to but I am glad I did um, a band that I've talked about before on here Winnetika Bowling League um, they had that song called CVS that I've talked about on here a few different times it was kind of a, a hit that I really enjoyed throughout the summer they had their EP launch called Congratulations. That's on there with several other singles. I think it's like six songs total, um, but it's really good stuff. If you, if you, if they're they're very much like indie darlings, if you will. Like they're they are indie rock to a T. And uh, the lead singer, I forget his name. He's married Josh. to Hilary Duff. I just told you Josh about because he's in he's uh, he's in the uh he's she's in the music video for for CVS. Oh, I see. Um and then so is what is his name? Uh the kid that plays uh McLovin. What's his name? I don't know. I know you're talking about Christopher, that. is it Christopher Mintz? Something like that. I will believe Plitz you. or Pleats or something like that. He's in that video too, and I didn't realize it because he's like a cousin to one of those two. Oh, I see. Like either Hillary Duff or him, and he's in that video with him as well, too. It's a really fun video. Um, but it, it is a solid, solid album. Um, going into kind of like the more of like, I guess, the heavy hitters, if you will. Joji's new album debuted uh, just a couple weeks ago, Nectar. Um, it's not my favorite of all of the Joji stuff that's come out because this is his third album, like feature length or feature length. I almost said, uh, I knew he full mean. length album, I guess. You call it feature length. His four, for third feature length album. <laughs> it lasts as long as a movie. <laughs> uh, the second one I think still is my favorite of them, but, uh, this one, uh, has a lot of good hits. It hits that lo-fi kind of mixed with this like anti-pop flavor that, a lot of people, since he's kind of come on the scene a, a few years ago, have tried to imitate, and they just don't quite touch it. And there, like I said, there have been several artists that have kind of come out of this same even uh, record label that he's on with uh, 88 Rising, and they, they just don't. They're not able to kind of touch what he's got going on. He's just got this really, really good creative mind uh, and good sense of, of writing as far as it goes, and he's really good voice, too. And it's not like it's the most beautiful voice in the world or whatever, but mm-hmm. it's perfect for what he's going for tonally and everything. Yeah. It just it sets the mood for just everything. And and like I said, the music that he's come up for to backbeat at all is is just really solid. I love it a lot. Um, Deftones' new album came out. Did you listen to it at all? Yeah, it, I can't. It hasn't Palms. grabbed me yet. There's uh, about half of it that I really enjoy quite a bit, and then half of it's just kind of meh. I think it's kind of gone the way of like gore, kind of almost like what we talked about a little bit before. Though I felt like I feel like they're trying to capture elements of like around the fur in there. They are, and I just, but it doesn't work. Like Mm -hmm. it, it almost reminds me of like kind of going back to Metallica, like when they had their their bring back not not even really uh death magnetic death magnetic was that the first one or the second one when they came back no death magnetic was the first then death magnetic okay so death magnetic i felt had some good things the one after that 
um, which I've turned, I've found myself liking a little bit more later on, but it, they, I felt like they were trying to capture something instead of creating something new. And that's what I feel like Deftones is trying to do is capture something instead of creating something new. Um, as far as the single goes, I, I think I like Genesis out of the two more so than the others, but I think my favorite one on the album is the, this link is dead. I like that, uh, that song quite yeah. a bit. It's got a really weird avant-garde set of flavor to it. Cause it starts off almost like kind of staticky computery, a little moody and stuff. And then it picks up real heavy and then it drops back and has this chorus. That's just like a really, really well-rounded, uh, pretty, um, Chino stereotypical Deftones yeah. chorus that you would come to expect. And it's, it's a really solid song. And that's where I think like, I'm, I'm just not getting what I want out of the vibe of Deftones anymore. Maybe it's my fault and not their fault mm-hmm. is like, I, I don't, I feel like I know what's going to happen next. I feel like I know how much chorus is going to be on Chino's voice. Yeah. And I know how like, ah, we're going to get like going into it and then we're going to go like, it just feels formulaic is a good way to put sure. it. I feel like there's a formula to a Deftones song. Yeah anymore and i wish that i feel like that way with uh with weezer now i feel like there's a lot of formulaic that kind of goes on with them weezer has gotten to a point to where we now write kind of postmodern rock Mm -hmm. uh type songs and this is how a weezer song goes Mm -hmm. like this is and when they stand out they stand out when they don't they get lost in the blur yeah and and that's for sure. The only and it's thing- kind of like if you listen to Weezer and you've listened to them from their history, yeah. you know what albums have gotten lost. Yeah, there's absolutely. a handful of them that, make, that have that makes for sense. sure. The only thing with Weezer is like they write hooks a lot better than Deftones write hooks. Yeah, like you can sing along to a Weezer song even if you hate it. Uh, <laughs> But like with a Deftones song, you're like, but who hates Weezer songs? Like you guys, when it comes to a Deftones song, it's just. It's hard to vibe on. And I've been really trying. I think I've listened to it three times all the way through. And I'm still mm-hmm. just like, not yet. Maybe one of these days. Because I want to like a Deftones album. Uh, I don't like... I feel like there's something wrong with me it's if I don't almost, like a no, Deftones album. It, the thing of it is, is that, and that's what I, we kind of discussed before with like gore and including this one. Yeah. I think it's something that I could throw in the background and I'd be okay with yeah. not having to pay attention it's to it. ambience. Because I don't, I don't know all the words yeah. to it. I don't know that I'll ever learn all the mm-hmm. words to it. It's not word catchy like something like White Pony is. Yeah. I mean, it's easy to pick up that shit and yeah. learn the words and kind of go on from there. Yeah. Or even self-titled mm-hmm. as well, too. I felt that way about, but I mean, a lot of these newer albums from them and stuff have a lot of that. It's good for background music. If you're walking yep. through a fucking record store and this is playing, perfect. Yeah. I want to talk to you about the music selections that I'm picking from these records. Yeah. And I don't want to have to necessarily have this song going on and humming it and yeah. singing it in the back of my head. So that's perfect ambience. And it's still easily recognizable. It's not like they don't have a recognizable sound. You listen and you go, oh, you got Deftones on. That must yeah. be the new one, huh? Yeah, definitely. And like, But you don't go, yeah, yeah. That's or, you do, or you do that, and that's because you that's, don't that's know your, the that's you're singing along. <laughs> <laughs> you're talking to the record store clerk. You go, oh, new Deftones. I love it. This is my part right here. <laughs> he's just like, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> uh, I don't know how, but They Found Me has uh, a couple of new singles out since we've last oh, talked. Cool. Um, we uh, They had a Leave Me Alone out prior to our hiatus uh, between seasons, mm-hmm. but they now have another one called Razzmatazz. Oh, I and like that new name. invention. I think Razzmatazz is actually supposed to be the name of their new album, and that's actually coming out um, 
I think at the very beginning of November. So right. I look forward to listening to that and I'll kind of talk a little bit more about that then. Cool. Um, the last thing that I kind of really want to touch on that I was surprised by because they had a newer album that came out not too long ago at all was uh, Intervals. He's released a, another new single called 5HTP. And uh, it's really rock solid if you love Intervals and you love that type of like uh, alternative metal kind of digent or gent uh, style uh, just instrumental shit to kind of groove out to it's it never fails like he is such a talented songwriter cool but it's good stuff i like that's what i got from my music so i like you we got to end this bitch we got comics we got the comics to start off uh i did some books i, I did some audiobooks like you sexed them i like some i like some <laughs> audiobooks uh i did uh listen to stephen king's on writing which uh-huh. is his uh his memoir yeah slash uh who kind of a how to who would you say is the antagonist uh, Stephen King, <laughs> who's the protagonist? Also Stephen King. It's kind of a, Shit, a man a versus self kind of situation. Uh, no, it's just interesting to hear his uh, writing process, but also his struggles. And I, he seemed pretty open. I think he, he's a pretty open dude, just generally. Like yeah. he he doesn't shy away from when he had drug problems and addiction issues and writer's block, and when he didn't, and how he doesn't remember some things he wrote and. <laughs> How he writes now versus how he writes then. Um, I'm very interested in the writing process just in general. And that's, I didn't realize I was getting into a memoir. I thought I was just getting into mm-hmm. a uh, how to because it's called On Writing. So I figured uh, that this must be a book where Stephen King tells you how to do things. And I, he's blunt. Um, Stephen King will just be like, like smoking. Yeah, he's smoking them blunts. No, he's like, <laughs> Just get off your ass and write. That's what you should be doing. And if you're not writing, then you're going to suck. Like, that's kind of like how he talks, uh, which I dig. It's kind of an old guy talking these days, which I like. I like old men talking. I wanted to try and find this. There's a, a tweet that Joe Hill yeah. uh, said, and it was something about his dad. And it, I don't know why. It reminded me of something. <laughs> that you were talking about and it makes me want to like just say it but i forget what it is oh yeah it's uh my dad used to say when i was a kid joey you keep looking for trouble you might find it actually he j- just says that today still sometimes <laughs> <laughs> sounds about right uh and then i also listened to the art or the war of art R- really yeah not the, the art of war no the war of art which by is, what was that guy's name the I japanese can't... guy no Sun no, definitely is that, not. Is that how you say his name? I have no idea. Okay. I have no idea what you're talking about. Uh, but The War of Art uh, was a cool uh, book that was recommended to me about um, kind of facing your fears of releasing art, whether it's music or writing. Sun Tzu. I was close. I said yeah. Sun Tzu. That's, yeah. <laughs> uh, but the it's not the same as The Art of War. And uh, so it's, it talks a lot about the resistance and uh yeah like star wars yeah uh, no uh, about your internal <laughs> resistance and wanting you to not be productive and not producing things uh and maybe learn a lot about myself and uh that i have discipline issues uh so that i i don't discipline myself i don't spank myself enough uh, Ooh, okay <laughs> no that i i uh Even i look naughty. for in uh, immediate gratitude instead of like go- doing things and accomplishing things before achieving things and things mm-hmm. like that. Uh, I'm not as scared to release art as I am. I'm just a procrastinator and I just resist doing things and put walls up in my way. Uh, which, so that was a good 
a good listen for that kind of a thing. Nice. I'm a big proponent of if you've got art and you want to release it, release it, do it. Um, and if you want to get it on MP3 CD, you can get it for twelve ninety nine at Amazon. It's only four eighty seven on Audible, which is yeah. why I bought it on Audible. Or it was, one credit if you're an Audible boy. Yeah, don't use a credit though for that or because girl. those credits you spend like twelve dollars on. You want to get like a really thick. You want to get book. like a twenty dollar <laughs> book and save like eight bucks instead of using it on yeah. the five dollar book because that's not a great idea. It's not. Um, also, we got the first issue of You Look Like Death, Tales from the Umbrella Academy. Cool. The new uh, little spinoff book about Seance as he is... This is uh, uh, before the Apocalypse Suite okay. takes, takes place. Uh, he, uh, Reginald, uh, kicks him out of the house, essentially. Um, and so he left to fend for himself, and he's in Hollywood. And it looks like he may be getting into acting. Uh, it wasn't obviously; it's just a first issue, so they're not building up a story too much. But he's meeting people, um, and there's also a plot that may be drumming up with uh, another talking ape, uh, like Pogo, like a second one. But he's a uh, he's a vampire. <laughs> oh, like cool. he like you the first Weird time, he, and he's like a gangster. He's like a gangster chimp. Like, that is also a vampire. Like 90s gangster or like 1920s gangster? Like 1920s gangster. Gotcha. And like the first time you see him, like he's sitting in the back of a restaurant, like in a like a, a circular booth kind of thing. But he's like on the neck of some lady, like sucking her blood. But it's a chimp vampire gangster. Yeah. <laughs> chimp fire. <laughs> yes. Um, so that looks like it's going to be interesting. Ooh, uh, if that character gets a spinoff. The name for it could be Boardwalk Chimpire. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then the last but not least thing that I want to talk about is Lock and Key. Lock and Key. I got to consume all of the Lock and Keys that were out there. Nice. Uh, finally caught up with you on that. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can't get your recommendation, I got the audiobook of yes. the volumes that you were yeah. telling me about. I'm in with, volume uh, three. Haley Joel Osmond narrating. Yeah. No, he's, he's not like narrating. Primary, he's like a primary character. He's Sam. He's, yeah. So he's not there all the time. Yeah. He's, he's gone already by the time I'm yeah. what I'm listening to. Sam's not in there that much, is he? Not a ton. I mean, he can makes a comeback. I mean, yeah. several times. Ghost Don't Sam. Don't call it a comeback. Ghost Sam. He was never gone. Spook Sam. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so I'm all all consumed by the Locke family mm-hmm. and their adventures. Um, so, yeah, that's that's the thing. And then obviously we have uh, issue one of In Pale Battalions Go yes. is out now. Uh, we both read it. We're going to do a little recap on that uh, after you talk to us about your comics. And um, uh, and other than that, we've got a, a slew we talked about in our in the last episode of Throw Culture about other things that are coming up with Lock and Key. Uh, and we'll follow that story pretty closely as we go on. But what mm-hmm. you've been reading? It's a it's a news story that we are going to uh, burden ourselves with. Yeah. And by burden, enjoy every yes. second of it. <laughs> a little bit. Um, we'll start off with Oblivion Song, Volume 3. Um, I purchased Volume 3 and 4. As you know, I'm trying to watch them or read them through trade instead of issues like yes. you had been. Um, I'm finished through Volume 3. It was really solid. I'm, I'm enjoying the direction it's going. I kind of, we, we talked about it and you sucked off Oblivion song a bunch in season one. Yeah. Um, I think it maybe made a uh, comic of the year for me last year, if I'm not mistaken. You might be right. Um, 
And it is still a really rock solid story. I didn't know where we were going after volume two because it was just like all of a sudden you have these weird creatures that are in the in in the uh, the other realm. Because it kind of ended with announcing the aliens, or were... yeah, it ended with like you announcing and kind of seeing one of the aliens yeah. briefly, and then it, that was just it was done. Yeah, and you thought because it, it almost right. like had like a if they didn't do that in like the last two pages, then you could have almost bookended the story at uh-huh. the end of volume two because it was just like a really good bow on the story between Nathan and his brother. Yeah. And, and Kirkman said this story, it's big. Yeah. Like, apparently it's it huge, like, but yeah, I, I, I didn't realize where it was going to go and I could see where the, the alien storyline could, you know, literally take off into all kinds of different things, mm-hmm. but it was really neat. I, I, I'm not, I wasn't expecting it to go this direction, but it, it's cool seeing kind of return of certain characters, if yeah. you will. Um, kind of making their way back into the fold and being way more important than what you thought they would. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's really cool because at this point in time, it's been, um, it's been, I One think, week. how many years Nathan was in jail and because he ends up getting a parole and gets off of his sentence after the end of the second volume. Oh, I see. And this whole section of the story kind of picks up with him getting picked up out of prison and then they have like a welcoming home party for him and they kind of like explain things like, we know the transference stuff wasn't all your fault yeah. kind of a thing. And it's okay. You're not that big of an asshole like we thought you were and everybody was yelling at you in the last few issues. But now we're all nice. And he's just kind of like, doesn't know how to process it. And he's still like beating himself up yeah. over everything. And everybody's like, it's okay. And he's like, but you don't understand. I was in prison for like three years. And that's the only thing that's been going on in my mind. Yeah. I didn't know about all of this shit going on. Yeah. So it's like really kind of a cool like contrast to see that character's development kind of trying to come to terms with his life now being like, Hey, it's okay. Yeah. Kind of right. a thing. Like now that the transference happened, we're, we're getting plant life from there and we're curing like cancer. We're yeah. curing all kinds of cool diseases that we didn't know we could cure because you accidentally did this. He's like, but I killed thousands of people, but you've saved millions <laughs> kind of a thing. So it's, it's coming to grips with all that shit. Yeah. It's a really cool shirt on the story. And like I said, I got volume four now and that's as high as it goes. I think we're an issuer to ahead of that past that volume coming I out. I haven't read in a very long but, time. But so. uh, it's not too far. I mean, obviously, it's not ready for a volume five out. It's yeah. still going to be months for that happens. Um, but uh, I decided to pick back up on Fables as well. I um, love Fables. I've only ever read the first two trades. and I, I, only, I only read one trade in, but I, it's so good. It is really good. I really love the story development of these characters and how it kind of introduces you and them into a completely new light. And as far and different as they are, they're still yet so familiar because they're, you know, you're, they're your childhood, what you grew up with. A lot of them grim fairy tales, but there's also, um, all kinds of different ones. There's, there's literally in the quote unquote fables realm. There's a whole like Emerald city section too, Mm -hmm. that they talk about. They talk about Oz at one point in time. Um, and it's really awesome. I, I've read, uh, one through three now a little bit further into the storyline. Um, I'm now, uh, at the kind of, cusp of this conflict starting to happen it's kind of almost like a semi-civil war uh between certain segments of the fables in the city because in the second volume it was kind of a civil war between 
the fables that are on the farm versus the fables that are in yeah, the city that's right. kind of a thing. And then in the this one, it's kind of like people in the city are starting to kind of like seed their way through, not necessarily for the farm, but they're kind of like trying to take certain people out of power, if you will, to kind of worm their way up to do what they want to do because they don't have complete free reign. You've got, you know, Snow White is basically your head of the city, but she's not at the same time because you got mayor that's uh, King Cole, but he really is just kind of like a figurehead. A face. Yeah. She's the one that takes care of everything. And then basically directly under her, the pencil pusher and everybody for every, everything else is Bigby Wolf. And he's such a fucking cool character. He's like, he's like your somewhat nicer version of a Wolverine for this world, if yeah. you will. So, you know, you've got that kind of like a stereotypical detective noir type of guy who's really gruff and tons of hair and stuff. And he's just like, I guess I have to solve another murder kind yeah. of shit or whatever. And just a really cool character. I always, I'm a sucker for that kind of a character. Um, and then I guess into the big ones, I read the entire saga of Sandman. <laughs> Yeah. Um, front to back, including uh, the the prequel uh, book as well. The Overture. Yeah, I read the Overture. Um, and I, like I said, I really don't really know how to dip into this because it's so much. Yeah. Um, other than being like, oh, it's real good. I, I, I've always heard the hype behind Sandman, sure. and I've tried reading uh, Preludes and Nocturne before, yeah. you know, that first trade. And I, you know, read... I think most of it, but I didn't really like dive into it and get into sure. it. And a part of me was like, I kind of feel like I need to force myself into you this. Do. But at the same time, after I forced myself into it, it was an easier read than what I thought it was going to be. And it's absolutely delightful. The world that they, that Gaiman, Gaiman's built in, in that area is fucking phenomenal. And I like head over heels fell in love with dream right away. Like Morpheus is an absolutely cool, cool, badass character. Yeah. Like he's almost like semi like he has like no feelings at first. And then as you go along in the in the comics and stuff, he you know kind of almost gradually like he's got a heart after all. You know, he really is a caring person. He's trying to learn how to love. He's trying to learn how to do these things. Yeah. Can realize like, you know, it's okay to change. It's okay to be different because that's kind of the whole mentality of their whole group, you know, delirium, dream, death, all of them. They're like, you know, that we're, we are who we are. We're the faceless. We're, we're, we're the endless. We're the same. We never change. That's the whole point. Yeah. And he kind of starts finally coming to realize with terms because death has been telling him this the whole time. Like, yeah, you can change. It's okay. It's yeah. okay to be a better person if you want to be leading up to that culmination, you know, kind of the end, like, he completely changes in the sense that he kind of has to die to become a completely different person to change to the person that he well, really wants to be. And that's what I, I like that Neil talks about the story of, of the Sandman is that uh, Dream comes back to a world where he realizes that he either has to change or die and he makes a decision. And he and you think, oh, he changes. No, he dies. That's yeah. That's what he does. He eventually realizes that this world isn't for him and he needs yes. to move on. He does need to move on, and he yeah. does die. But your Morpheus dies, but at the same time, I mean, Dream is still Dream. He's yeah. just a different being. Yeah, well, uh, but sense. Daniel is a totally different person, totally yeah. different character, totally different uh, uh, way about him, totally way more emotional character yeah, as, you, as you learn about yeah. Daniel. Um, and so, yeah, Morpheus has to die in order for... To let to go, you know. Well, I get, what, we never like, find. We know we don't know for sure if which dream it is that we are meeting in the crossover event. Is it? 
We, we do we know if it's, um, if it's Morpheus or well, if it's? I will tell you that it is. It is now known that the crossover is part of the Golden Age. It seems like the Golden Age story, which will be the next volume of Lock and Key that comes out, will just okay. be called Golden Age. Um, and all of Golden Age takes place in the past. And so I'm betting that we're going to meet Morpheus is, okay. is what I'm thinking. We're not going to see Daniel because it's felt, all like 1915. My, I mean, to me, I felt like continuity wise, if they were going to do a crossover, not that Daniel is not iconic and, and a good character to follow as yeah. well, because he's a really good dream. But Morpheus is like, he is dream. I mean, yeah. to me, for all extensive purposes, yeah. like I, I love that character to death. I grew to love him so much. It's mm-hmm. so such a good, well-rounded character and watching him change and realizing that he does have to die to, you know, he can't change anymore than what he already has. Yeah. And this, it's like, it sucks. But at the same time, it does make sense to a certain extent, I guess. Yeah. Well, and, and I would say that we get a lot of Daniel in, uh, in the, Daniel. in the dreaming, the comic that's currently going on. Yeah. Uh, the one that the waking hours is this mini series that's going on now and and Daniel's within it. So we've got a we've got a story with Daniel. We've mm-hmm. had stories with Daniel. So maybe we need to have a bring back Morpheus and see how that goes. So I would see why from a company perspective at least, even not even just story, but story too, of course, why you would want to bring Morpheus back for a little mini like this, a little two issue uh situation. Yeah, like absolutely. That. Um, and then I have also read through the entire series of the boys, including the follow-up sequel series, Becky. Yep. The Becky one, dear Becky. Yeah. Um, dear Becky. That's right. Yeah. It's good stuff too. It's, it's only four issues. Is it all out now? Yeah. It's all out now. And it's all, uh, basically that, that whole thing is told as letters. Like the narrative is basically letters, Mm. um, that were from butcher to Becky, um, during his stint whenever he was in the war at one point in time. Okay. And um, so that that's whole kind of like love letters and narrative letters to her. Because that's kind of like the whole premise of why he ends up becoming part of the boys, you know, with what you find out is like Colonel Mallory, who's like him and him and Mallory are the central people that kind of develop this organization. And uh, the whole reason why he kind of starts is because what happens between Homelander, quote unquote, won't spoil that <laughs> mistake homelander and uh and becky because he believes that uh he had raped and killed becky i see and that's kind of what leads him to being like you know all stoops are horrible all soups are shit bags and you come to find out that there are actually quite a few soups that are actually like legitimately good including yeah. like um, what would be Huey's love interest, Starlight, who becomes a new member of the Seven. She's actually like, she's there to want to be a superhero. Right. She doesn't want all of the money. She doesn't want glory and fame. It's like she, there are some she, politicians there are, that are yeah, good. There are, there are some people out there in the world that want to do good, and they are good people, but they're masked by all of this shit kind of a thing. Yeah. And that's, you know, there are other soups that are out there that are good sure. and whatnot. But a sorry line, um, I, I, I got so sucked in um, by Gareth Ennis because I also have read the entire series of Preacher as yeah. well now too, which was another thing I was going to talk about, um, that he, you know, I, I wanted to read more of that kind of story writing and, and he's a really good character developer. Um, and and it's so well-rounded. I mean, I, like I said, I, I've already kind of talked about it a little bit because we talked about the show itself, but um, these characters are 
absolutely amazing. And some of the shit that happens in this is so off the wall, batshit crazy that even if I know it's a comic book and you're like, oh, it's a silly goose good time. I'm here for anything weird, quirky or crazy to happen. Some of the shit that happens in this in the boys is so fucking batshit insane that you just kind of are questioning like, am I really reading this? Am I really seeing this? Like, what the fuck is going on? There's yeah. a point in time where an amorphous blob that is one of the main character's moms wraps her breasts around one of the characters and basically puts her boob in his mouth so that she can he can drink some of her milk. Like just weird yeah. off the wall shit that you wouldn't expect to be something that happens, but it totally does. Nice. And it is a fun, fun time. It is a really good writing. Uh it, it is nothing but like just there are serious topics, serious things that get nailed too, but for the most part it's just a. I, I liken his writing style and these kind of storytelling elements that he has to watching and experiencing the writing that you get from like Snatch or like a good Guy Ritchie movie in mm-hmm. a way because the writing seems like that kind of level of funny but also semi-manic. Yeah. And then it has a really good well-rounded story to it too. Yeah, where it all ties I mean? up together. Yeah, everything kind of pieces together. And it's 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 very similar to that kind of story writing. So if you are new to comics or if you just like something like that, I I, I would recommend it because like I said, I, I've always been a fan of that kind of storytelling, that kind of writing because I feel like Guy Ritchie gets a lot of his uh, writing nods and stuff like that from people like Quentin Tarantino and, sure. and all of these others that are are insanely famous and, and well-known. But I I've, I really, really enjoy both series. Preacher is super, super solid, too. Obviously, it's I, I think I talked about it a little mm-hmm. bit, too, before it was. It seems, which it is, I mean, set in the 90s, but it's so steeped in the 90s in itself. It is very much a 90s comic. Like, yeah. if you've come here experiencing, like, decent story writing, but a kind of weird, quirky plot that you would get from, like, a cheesy video game, like, like a Doom or a Quake back in the day, something like that, that you would get, then that's all. That's what you're going to get from yeah. it because it's like as steeped in the 90s as it gets. And the boys just takes that same kind of concept, but it elevates it even more. It's it's even better in story writing and yeah. telling that way. But both series in general, they're they're really solid. Nice. Um, I, I, I was surprised at how much I... I really ended up liking Preacher because I've always wanted to kind of touch on it, but I never have. Yeah. Um, and the boys, I kind of felt like I was going to like right away, and I did. It's good stuff. Cool. Let's talk about Lock and Key. Let's do it. In Pale Battalions Go, issue one of three. Three. Uh, as I previously mentioned, it is a new part of the Golden Age. What has Age. zeros in this? I forget. What has zeros? Yes. Is it, is it the crossover Helen that has a, zero? has a zero? Yeah. Okay. Because I, I knew there was a zero somewhere. I didn't yeah. think this had a zero. No, and Helen Gone Zero is just a reprint of two of one of the Lock and Key issues. And and the and I know for sure the, the issue where... Uh, Lucifer gives Dream the key to hell. The key to hell. Okay. I don't remember what issue of uh, Lock and Key it was. I do remember it being an earlier, like kind of early on uh, type thing. So I'm sure it's something that kind of they can connect things together. Yeah, they're, that's their kind of we're merging at this point kind yeah, of a thing. Exactly. Cool. Uh, part of the Golden Age. Uh, other books that in are involved in the Golden Age would be Guide to Keys Unknown mm-hmm. or Guide to Known Keys. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Grindhouse, Small World, and Dog Days are the other mm-hmm. ones. It looks like, like I said previously, Sandman is going to be included in this. Uh, I don't know if they're going to if they're going to release it in a volume, but in this collection, mm-hmm. if you will. Uh, of, I think of Dog Days was the one that I had harping on before, where it takes place in like 1912. 
Okay. This one is in during World War II. This is yeah, nineteen fifteen. Yeah, this no, one. this is nineteen. This is in the four. Uh, this is them fighting Nazis. Nineteen fifteen is uh, in Pale Battalions. Go. Are you sure? Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure they were talking about like fighting against like Nazis at one point in time. Um, I know it takes they place during World War One. I. I know they mentioned Germans. Nazis didn't exist in in World War One. I. I don't. I mean, they fought Germans in World War One. They did, did they but not? they weren't Nazis. No, I know, but yeah. did, I don't think they said anything about Nazis. I thought they said, and then I thought in the book it said mentioned a Nazi at one I point. I don't know. In time. I mean, we could look it up. I'm I'm pretty sure it said 1915. Though. I mean, that's fine. I, uh, I know it's. I knew it was supposed to be an older book anyway. And they said the Great War, which is World War One. Yeah, one. So they talked about yeah. the reference the great war i know for sure i don't remember the nazi part um but yeah. he tries to get signed up in britain first so right when he's a kid yeah he's in no he's in canada oh yeah yeah canada canada yeah, yeah which i didn't realize that i forgot canada i guess was in the war before the states were yes I we did not show up until that. uh what boat well, was history it? lesson in 1916 we had a boat that had passengering passengers on it and soldiers on it as well. Oh. The Lusitania. That was the name and of then it. That got hit. That was what got hit in that kind of we were already about to enter the war, but that made us it was on like Donkey we Kong. Put, we put like four million troops on the fucking ground and then at, it took less than a year and it was over. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, we beat the piss out of Germany at that point in time. Yeah, so- and that kind of was what set like the SS and Nazis like kind of started from there and then it took up until the thirties for it to turn into we're a full on yeah. force, basically. So John Locke, who is eight years old at yes. this time, uh his really wants to go to war. And uh so badly that he that that was very much of the times. Like yeah. I mean like you wanted to be a soldier. You, yeah, that was that was what they people yeah. wanted to do. Like you would see like in real life, like that was a thing, like 13, 14 year old kids would like try to go to enlist. So it's a, he's like a, he takes the anywhere key and goes to Canada mm-hmm. and tries to convince the the recruiter that he's nineteen when he's an eight year old at first. And uh, and then his dad pulls him back in, and I the the his like pissed off and just like shit talking his dad so much because he's like you won't even let me fight in the war and we're like just kind of almost like calling him a coward that he doesn't want to fight because yeah. he's so passionate eight years old <laughs> to fight in the war. And his um, dad looks like he's like at least in his forties. Like <laughs> yeah. He's an older guy. Yeah, he's he's older. Chamberlain is his mm-hmm. name. Um, uh, Wilt Chamberlain Locke. Wilt Chamberlain Locke. <laughs> um, and then he gets the, which I guess we had seen before. I didn't realize that, but the, the age key or uh, what's, the clockwork key. Yeah. Uh, well, the the clockwork key will time travel you, right? It can time travel you, but which is this one? The age key the that same? he uses is the the Tempest Fuget. Okay. Uh, Fuget. I don't know how you say We've it. We've seen it before? Well, I guess that's what uh, uh, Randall uses. Rindle. Not Randall. Randall uses uh, when they do the Tempest to look older. Okay. Like he uses that key. I don't know if they even show that, but that's the history of that key that we okay. should know, I guess, at this point in time is that that key. He yeah, we get used to see to a himself. lot of keys all at once in this book. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that they have a little room down in like a little yeah. dungeon where they keep everything. I was just, I, at, at, as soon as they showed the room, I was just like, that's not a safe room. That's not cool at all. Like this is too much danger going on. Yeah, everything like you're is literally just gathered all at once. literally putting as many small miniature bits of demons as you could possibly put together in one room. 
Yeah. So much whispering iron. <laughs> Rendell had a better idea to scatter them around and hide them. And Absolutely. Let people take the them. smart ones. Still didn't work out for him super well, I guess. No, but, but I mean, it better. took more time <laughs> than just being like, I got one key. Here's all the keys. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and then open up the anywhere key and go through the door and I have all the keys yeah. elsewhere and nobody will find me. Yeah. <laughs> so then, yeah. So John takes the anywhere key and just uses it to get into the drawer that's in the key room. Yeah. And you find out like he had said something about his sister what was it yeah. had helped him do had helped him get yeah. the key to go out and because his mom had left the 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 one the music box thing yeah. open where you can control and he people. said that he had used it on her too yes to do it yeah but she just helped him and he did not uh use the music box on his, on his sister he just used it on his mom yeah that, okay that's right yeah, yeah, yeah. she says like She's whispering to him outside the door before she goes in. She looks in through the keyhole and sees him is the feet in yeah. going in the door. And he, she's just like, <gasps> yeah, <laughs> yes. Um, and then uh, so then, yeah, he takes a, 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 a bunch of keys. I saw like, yeah, he was match wearing, key. he was wearing the crown. He yeah. had the match key. Yeah. Uh, he had the wings. Yeah. He had the wings on his shoulder. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then heads essentially into just a war zone. He just goes to Germany. Yeah. Like through a. It was a door that was about to be burnt up and destroyed because he was walking out of like a house that was on fire. Yeah. <laughs> or like already burnt up or something behind him. The key I'd never, I don't think I'd ever seen before is the stamp key. Yeah, like, that, that was his new. Mom had used. That's new, yeah. Uh, and did you see the letters that she was getting? One was from, uh, from Abel, mm-hmm. from the House of Secrets. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the other one was from, uh, the, from Lucian. Uh, so I'm like, oh, there are yeah, because she's, she's talking about, uh, she gets books from, from this library, from this and, library and this, this library has books of artists that were never, like what, they were only dreamed about or whatever. Yeah. And that's what you read about in Sandman yeah, stuff because all of Lucian's library is nothing but like all of those books kind of books. So I guess yeah. he's pulling all of this stuff from them. And some of them were actually like written on. So I'm wondering if like. She has actually already talked, maybe too, in writing or something. Well, there to was Lucy there was a letter. That's what I meant. Like, yeah, so I think that they're talking about like, yeah, pals. she's she's yeah, she's like getting these books because she's so interested. And he's like, well, it's cool to talk to somebody that's interested like me. Here you go. Yeah. Well, and the <laughs> fact that she's getting letters from Abel tells me like, has she been to Dream? So which one it? Which one's which? Dreaming. Kane's the one that kills, right? Yeah. Kane's the one that kills and Abel's the. It looks like get him, Steve, Dave. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Yeah, that's every time I seen him in the book, I was like, this is fucking get him to a T. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Uh, but yeah, so so there are he's the stuttering one. That's got, nice. Yeah. And he gets murdered by Kane every day. So she's got two pin pals in the dreaming. Yeah. And it's like, so is there a dreaming key? Are we? Is that what we're going to get? Finally? Uh, the, 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 what I've saw on the book cover of one of the like the concept arts for something was like some kind of like a rainbow key. Yeah, yeah. that thing. Well, that's the anywhere key, is it not? But it has like some. It's got a hue aura around that's it. around it. Almost looks like his mask. So is it like? Can the anywhere key get like maybe it possessed or maybe it gets sort of. like he gives it the power to also trans like you can go anywhere, including dreams. That now. would be cool because it looks like it's just got his aura, like that aura that like actually looks like his mask yeah. around it, kind of a thing, like yeah. weird rainbow aura. I wasn't even look. I was thinking of like a just motion lines, but that makes yeah. sense. That's I mean, it could be that too, but it looked like it had his battle mask. Shit. Yeah. yeah, yeah, Um yeah. That shit too is cool. Like Preludes and Nocturnes was like if if that and like the third volume, the one where it's actually like all of the people at the dreaming 
Mm-hmm. Like whenever they all congregate kind yeah. of a thing and he's got to give the key to hell to somebody. Yes. That storyline was fucking phenomenal. But the whole preludes and nocturnes of him like being so weak and needing yeah. to get like his artifacts back yes. and meeting like you get to hang out with Constantine for a yeah. bit to get the sandbag back. Mm-hmm. You get to uh, go to hell and see Lucifer for the first time to get his uh, war mask. Yeah. And, and you get Etrick the, the, the demon. You get to meet him in there. Oh, yeah. Because you get his. What's the last one? What was uh, the the crystal? You get the sh- the, the ruby, whole, the ruby, and that oh, was, that was from the D. Justice League. Yeah, and you get to see John Jones there yeah. and stuff. Yeah, because he's like walking around the Justice League, and then I think the Martian Manhunter is the only person that he really yeah. interacts with. But they're talking about like Superman and Batman at one point yeah. in time. I was just like, this is so fucking cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just that that first volume alone is just it's a it's a it's a, a travel yeah. story. You're kind of just yeah. like I got to go do this thing. I'm on a mission. Yeah, uh, and I saw somebody. Uh, Neil Gaiman took a picture of the script for the first episode oh, nice. of the show and showed it off. And had it says set pieces um, that are on there, and one of the set pieces is the place where Dream is being kept in the oh, basement, yes. yeah, that yeah. sub basement thing, yeah. and that's like one of the locations that yeah. was on there. And I was just like. Oh yeah, we're doing it proper. Yeah, this is going to be fucking rad. <laughs> uh, and I, it seems like they're going to take some different takes on it. Uh, they're going to update it, probably uh, put some diversity into there as far as maybe people of color, more women, uh, maybe some more representation on the LGBT side. It looks like they're going to have just a a big kind of melting pot of things, which some people are going to be purists and be like, that's not the way it was. But that uh, that comic is really full, filled with a lot of white dudes. Uh, oh yeah, so I, I get why he would want to do that, and and he's like he's he's, he's a very upfront. pasty white man himself. He so. is a pasty white man. I mean, he, <laughs> he, he interacts is. with a lot of other pasty white people, <laughs> yeah. so I'm sure. He's and just, I mean, it was England in the '90s. Like yeah. it was. You can't lot. get pastier than that, <laughs> and like <laughs> unless you're from Seattle. And Neil Gaiman's from the punk scene yeah. of like the England punk scene, so yeah. like. That's a bunch, even more just pasty white dude. So, of mm-hmm. course, like, that's what most of it is. But I like that the whole time I was reading it. through the boys, I was kind of hoping they were going to have even just like one small character, one sliver from Preacher just in there somewhere. Right. Because there was like a point in time when they go when they go to Scotland and I was just like, oh, my God, it would be so fucking cool to see the vampire character yeah. from from there. Like, they're somewhere just like in passing right. or something just in the boys whenever he goes when he goes back home, Huey, just like him at a pub or something drinking <laughs> in a corner and just as like a slight nod and just be like, that'd be so fucking cool. But it, it never happened. No. Uh. But I mean, it's just like, I get it. You know, your own subset of characters, you're yeah. trying to differentiate them. You're not trying to blend yeah, a bunch of worlds. in the world here, yeah. Not build, but, a big old world. Yeah, Imp- yeah. Impale Battalion's go is great. I'm I'm sad it's going to be a, a, a like a three-issue guy because yeah. it seems like it could be really fun kind of going through the war with this kid and seeing yeah. what happens. It seems like it's just going to be kind of like a very short story narrative. I think so. Like he'll go through it. The cover real, has uh, realize the second one has uh looks like a, a German general like, like an SS the, Nazi yeah. like war war hero type guy and he's got he's like got the, the crown on crown, and shit. Yeah. Yeah. That's not gonna be great. That's not gonna be a good thing. Palms. Uh, palms. We got palms. Um I have started palms sweaty. I started reading Essex County, which is uh Jeff Lemire, uh one of his uh graphic novels that he did Mm-hmm. the writing and the the illustration for um jeff lemire is one of those guys that when he's got his own material he shines like a motherfucker yeah and i love it and um uh, i'm kind of getting into the artsy side of things and learning some photoshop learning some yeah. some art drawing type stuff and that's the guy that, is that sweet tooth sweet tooth yeah sweet tooth exactly. guy yeah yeah and uh so he's somebody i kind of want to talk about sweet tooth 
Ever? We're to talk about too. We'll have to we'll have to sweet tooth it up next time. Well, maybe I can make that a poem. I want to read more of it, anyways, and I'm needing to get to it. And I've only ever read the first volume. I think the return comes out next month. And another first one. First issue. Cool. First issue of the return. Cool. Uh, yeah, that'll be good. Uh, but I'm I'm I want to start studying his art style and seeing if I can kind of use I that as one like, of my I influences. Mean, as, as I feel like that's a really good area to start with because yeah. it's. As cool as it is and as quirky as it is, it doesn't seem like it's overtly complex, and that yeah. lends a lot of charm to it to me. Absolutely, yeah. And I think, I think that so. would be a good thing, a stepping-off point for somebody that wants to get into that kind of a thing. Yeah. That's that's a definitely a good area to start looking at. He's been, for years, he's been somebody who's been like, I like yeah, that guy's work. Art in Sandman is fucking beautiful. Yeah. Like some of that shit where it's almost like pasted together pages, like yeah. a serial killer newspaper style kind yeah. of stuff. It just fucking beautiful shit. And some good artists on there. I yeah. mean, they swapped it out every so often yeah, and did. it was good for it. Yeah. Um, Bly Manor comes out this Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll be, I'm all over that. That's a palm of mine for Absolutely. sure. Um, that's what I'm gonna try to do. I'm gonna try to watch my, watch Bly Manor. Watch my Bly Manor. And, uh, and then finish up SX, SX County. Good God, I can't talk. We've been talking for too damn long. You'll get one, one of these days. What about you? Uh, as mentioned before, I do want to wrap up into, uh, into the woods so that way, uh, I can read or not read. I can play more of that yeah. night in the woods. I meant, sorry, it's a different thing. Uh, night in the woods. I want to, I want to play the rest of that so I can kind of talk about that next time. Um, it's been Sweet really, Tooth. really solid. I, I want to read more of Sweet Tooth for sure. Do that. Um, Bly Manor's always is on my radar. We talked about, I think the next thing that we're going to watch is season two of Umbrella Academy because I haven't touched it at all yet. Um, so I think we'll probably dip into that, but obviously when Bly Manor comes out, since it's, since it's Spooktober, Spooktober, man, gotta hop in on that. Gotta do it. And, uh, I don't know what, we don't have a sign off for that either. No. Um, if I were to tell you something to watch or to do a Mm -hmm. palm for you, if, if I, if I may. Um, since it is Spooktober, uh, you still have Comicsology Unlimited. I do. Um, have you Liz, read? Have you read Harrow County yet? No. Do a favor. Check out Harrow County during October. Okay. Um, it's a it's real fast read. Volume one's on there. Uh, soak that up. It's uh, it's a wonderful little piece. Harrow. Harrow. H a r o. H or Harrow. Harrow. Yeah. H a r r o w County. Okay. Sounds good. And then uh, I don't know if I have a palm for you. What did you... You were talking about something earlier that I wanted to to do. I'm not sure. Something you told me to check out, I'm going to check out. Do that. That's what I'll do. <laughs> um, it smells great. Oh, this is like meat sizzling? Yeah, I don't know. I think it's well a, done. Yeah, I don't, and I don't know what it... Well done. Yeah. If we get an exclusive deal, who would you want to be exclusive with? Spotify? Me and you? Yeah. Like a podcasting deal? I think if we were looking to get paid, I think Spotify would be the one that would probably pay us the best. That's the best one. Yeah. Plus, it's just a good, well-rounded platform. Um, they have everything that you could possibly need in as far as podcasting goes, and they have all of your up to date musics. Yeah. And talk about curated playlists. I could go on They're for good. hours. Curated playlists that they customize and make for you based around your listening habits. 
chef's kiss. And then they also have a really good release radar for artists that you listen to. They too, do have a good as well, release so that radar. way you can always just pinpoint all that stuff. That's the nice best. And they have the best like follow artists. Absolutely. I don't even have Spotify, uh-huh. but I know that they they rock the the world. I've had that. Spotify since probably I think 2015. Family playing with me and Mandy, so yeah. I'm a little bit of a lifer as far as it goes. Yeah. And if you go to uh, Spotify.com slash IFNC. <laughs> <laughs> You, get your promo you hear code. that, Spotify? That's <laughs> what we're willing to do for you. Let me suck that dick. We'll suck a digital dick for you. <laughs>